Hello, hello, hello. 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 Excellent. We are back, folks. Talking war, uh, which, as Alex put it, how did you say it, Alex? Uh, it is now time to pick your preference of savagery. Preference of savagery. Sounds awesome. So, uh, yeah, like I said, uh, if you're looking for the uh, Garage Hammer treatment of lore, go back to episode 215A because there ain't none of that here today. Today, we're talking rules. We're talking playing. And Alex can tell you, um, you know, like good stuff. And I will be sitting here in the back going, wow, that sounds cool. Yeah, the big thing I like about this one is that there's not a lot that had to get addressed by an errata or an FAQ. Um, Oh, yeah, so, I looked at that. I noticed, yeah. Yeah, the, there was one big thing with the battalions when we get to them, but um, the rules, for the most part, in this book are very crystal clear on when things happen. So, it actually makes sense. So Right. So, let's see. Um, I, I guess, should we just begin at the beginning with the Allegiance abilities? That would probably be a good place to start. All right. Um, well, you get the herd stone, and you get to set up the herd stone. Do we want to just talk about what the herd stone does? I guess. Yeah, sure. So, uh, so you get the herd stone. You have to set it up wholly within your territory, and more than twelve from enemy territory, and more than one from any other terrain feature. So, but what does this big thing do? I suppose is the real question. I also have Why do I only get one? I have another question. Yeah, of course. And like, if you've got a heavy terrain board or, or you got a weird deployment zone, if there's nowhere to actually put it where it's at least an inch away from it, because I don't know how big this thing is. It's I don't know. If, I, I haven't seen one. so It I, is not particularly huge. It's not much bigger than like a Gorgon or a Cygor. Okay, so it should fit. But if not, can, can I mean, I'm assuming you could, you know, shuffle the terrain a bit to make sure it fits. Well, I mean, I would talk to your opponent about that sort of thing. And it also depends right. on your environment. Right. Um, because, like, when I set up tables for events, not only do I want the tables to look good, but I also want people to be able to place most of their terrain. Right. So if I have to make enough room for, like, a Sylvaneth Wildwood, See, there that is gets more crazy. than enough room yeah. for a herd of stone. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I usually drop about a... You know, ten to twelve pieces of terrain on our on a, on a typical board. Like I like to have it be a, not super crowded, but have a you know a bunch of variety of of stuff. And I just mm-hmm. did, you know, if you get a crowded board. So uh, outside of my dumb question, let's take a look at the herdstone here. Um, so let's see. You get the it's the entropic lodestone. Subtract one from save rolls for attacks that target units within six inches of the terrain feature. And, okay, and at the start of each battle round after the first, add six inches to the range of this ability. Beasts of Chaos are not affected. So, okay, so on round one, you drop a herd stone, and you got six inches around the stone. Anybody but beast, they're minus one to their save. And then it goes Mm -hmm. turn two, round two, it's a foot. Round three, it's 18 inches. Round If you're getting up to round five, that's like almost the whole board. Yeah, because that'll be a thirty-inch radius. Yeah, that's wow. Now the thing with 
this particular ability, and when we get through the book review, this army has one big weakness, and that's a lack of rend um, on the, most of their grunt troops. Uh, the other thing is their troops that do hit hard have good attacks, but with short weapon ranges on big bases. So, okay. like, the Gores and the Bestigores, those things are on 32mm bases with one-inch attack range. So, they're oh, not so going to get... fighting in one rank, yeah. Yeah, they're not going to get a lot of attacks in, so the attacks that they do get have to count. Uh, the other rule is Beast of Chaos units wholly within six inches don't take battle shock, and that also expands. So, as the battle goes on, eventually... Within a few turns, most of your army may not be taking battle shock tests. Correct. That's that's actually not bad. It's not. Uh, I mean, it's not something crazy and overpowered and stupid with a whole bunch of stuff. It's pretty simple, but the, it's like you're minus one to your save. I'm not taking battle shock tests. That's you know, especially for an army where you've got. You know, larger units with lower saves, or you don't, you know, you don't want mm-hmm. them popping. That's not bad. Yeah, it's not. It lets you save your command points for some of the other important things that you want the beasts to do, whether it's the command abilities on war scrolls or even just the auto six run is a huge oh, yeah. command ability to this army because most of these units can run and charge. I noticed that as I was going through, I'm like, well, there's a lot of these guys that can run and charge. And then, yeah, they, oh, oh, that it's it's fast, too. I like that. It is ridiculously fast for a foot army. Um, but again, they're fairly meh troops, for the most part, that move really quickly and die just as. <laughs> so you have to make account for something. But the Herdstone... It's a weird thing because if you're playing like a Bray herd based list, which like the ambushing and stuff, mm-hmm. but if you're trying to camp around a herd stone, it seems almost like counterintuitive to them. But by the same token, it's the challenge like we had talked about in the last episode where it's like, if you don't like this, come tear it down. Right. Now, it's interesting, though, because they also have the rule Primordial Call, and I know I'm skipping some of the other ones, but that's I'm okay yeah. with that for now. So the Primordial Call, this is their summoning, right? Mm-hmm. So the start of your hero phase, you get one Primordial Call point, okay? Then in your hero phase, you can choose a friendly Beast of Chaos hero within three inches of the Herdstone that you set up at the start of the battle and say they'll enact the Savage Blood Ritual. If you do pick a friendly beast of chaos unit within three inches of Herdstone, they take D3 mortal wounds, and for each one you also get a call point. So the hero has to be set up at... You can't put him in reserve then, can you? He has to be set up at the start of the battle. He has to be on the table in order to use this ability in your hero phase. Okay. Uh, So you get anywhere... Now, I'm just assuming that you're going to throw a cheap hero back there with a unit because otherwise you're getting one primordial call point every turn which means you're never going to summon anything but here that way you're getting two to four per turn right and realistically the stuff that you're going to be like shanking is like warhounds or ungors and it's going to be like a support type character like ironically enough a bray shaman 
Because, huh. you know, why would they do the rituals around the herdstone that they're supposed to keep up with? Mm-hmm. Wait, are you telling me that the rules play to the fluff? Uh, sounds like it. Uh, I do like that this one you don't lose all your points. Yeah, that is a big difference between this and like the blood tithe. Right. Where you have to burn all of it. But the big difference is you only get units, you don't get abilities like with the blood tithe. Right. But um, still, so, I mean, you can literally get, you know, you can be calling literally anything in this book can be summoned. Chimeras, Gorgons, Skyfires, Gargants, Sigors, Zang. I mean, it's Yeah, it's pretty anything much- but the uh, characters. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, and spawn. Oh right, no you. So you can't. Oh, you can call spawn. Yeah. Oh, there they are. Yeah, they're, they're a cheap unit of one. Yeah, our, our cheapest chaos, chips. Chaos spawn's still garbage, aren't they? Yes and no. Oh yes and no. <laughs> I guess we'll find out. Yeah. What the heck is um, that? So you get a whole bunch of different things, and realistically, if you shank to Ungor. In your first hero phase, you can summon 10 more uh, (laughs) from the edge of the battlefield. And this is a big thing for objective play because you now have units that can get to objectives on the other side of the table where your opponent doesn't expect them. And especially for scenarios like Knife to the Heart or uh, Take and Hold, where you can auto win turn three if you get an objective. Oh, yeah. To suddenly summon a unit of. Like, even just 10 Zangors or even just Ungies or Bestigors. And you just get them in there and they make that nice charge to get in and they clear off whatever's holding that objective, you can win the game. It's pretty cool. Now, all summoning and all stuff that's coming in from the ambush rules, which we'll get to in a minute, nine inches away from the enemy and within six inches of the edge of the battlefield. So they're not dropping just anywhere. They're not surprised, yeah. surprised you didn't see us in, in, in a, you know, under some moss, you know, like they're, yeah. they're literally coming in from, so that's a slight disadvantage, I think, as far as where they can be placed. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's wholly within six of the edge. So it's not like you can have the start of the unit be six inches from the edge. No, it's so, all, yeah. There's a finite limit of where they can be, but when you think about it, you're setting them up anywhere on the table. They don't have to be within range of a hero. It's just within range of an edge. Yeah. No, it's pretty cool, actually. Pretty tasty. All right. Um, You can uh, join one of the great phrase. They got them listed down there below. We'll talk about them in a little bit. Uh, They're just, you know. The, the all heard the dark walkers and the gave spawn. We talked a little bit about them on the other episode, um, but that's you know th- that's like you know when you get to pick the di- you know if you if you want to be uh, you know, hammered like a different storm host yeah. or whatever yeah. And then each of the three types: the bray herd, the war herd, and the uh, thunder scorn. Each have their own special battle trait. Uh, the bray herd have the ambush. Um, same rules as before. If you're going to put them in reserve, just like everybody else, you can only half of them. Can you have to have one on the table to put one in reserve? Um, now at the yeah, end, yeah. And the key is that is that you can set up a bray herd unit in ambush, and you have to have a unit of beasts of chaos. So this is one of those things where you could set up all of your war herd 
on the table and have all of your bray off the table as long as you have a one for one. Oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah. Now they have to come in once again, wholly within six, nine inches away from the enemy. But they have to come in at the end of your first movement phase. If they can't come in, they're dead. Mm-hmm. So if you get a player who can somehow, you know, drop stuff in from the skies or anything, they can severely limit where you can be. Right. Which which I thought was, uh, you know, you got to be careful with it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the ambush is a risk, but as we go through this, your army is going to be very short on drops because um, of the battalions. So oh. you will, chances are, get the drop on your opponent and like launch an ambush like you're supposed to. Very nice. Uh, what else did we get here? Um, if you're playing Thunderscorn, um, Thunderscorn units more than three inches from enemy units okay at the start of the hero phase you roll a die each friendly thunderscorn unit more than three inches from an enemy unit can move the distance equal to the roll but cannot move within three inches of any enemy units so they're getting extra movement on top of it anywhere from one to six inches mm-hmm. not bad i mean no that's that's ridiculous adding to the Let's... speed of this unit is it that good okay so if we look at the average uh, rate of claw for a dragon ogre unit, either the Shagath or the regular, it's eight. So you're moving eight. Chances are you're 18 inches away from your opponent mm-hmm. because of most of the battle plans now. So you're now anywhere between nine and four inches. That's potential for a turn one charge. Nine and 14 inches. Yeah, you're right. That is nice. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I like as a former Grand Alliance destruction player, this makes me mad because <laughs> it's like that's the destruction move, but better. But better. Um, it's okay. It's, uh, it'll be fine. And then if you got Warherd bottles at the end of the combat phase, if any attacks made by a Warherd unit in that phase destroyed any enemy units, heal D three wounds to that unit. So. This one actually almost seems like the weakest of them to me. Does it? Well, I mean, are the units taken out full-on other units that that often? I mean, I don't know if they're that good or not. I mean, a healing D3 wounds is always nice, but... Yeah, so this applies to Warherd. So this is Cygors. This is Gorgons. Oh, This is Doombulls. I knew about the Doombulls, yeah, you know, and... Oh, they have. They do have eight wounds. And they they can yeah. they can put out some damage too. And even if it's just like killing a ten something screen or a little unit chipping off, so order of operation matters. Um, because if the what do you call it? If any attacks made by a ward unit, yeah. So if you've got a unit of like dogs fighting against some little infantry unit and you've got a doom bull in there, you need the doom bull to swing first. Right. So, so if he wipes the unit, you then get to heal him. So you have to pay attention to your order operations when you attack to try to get them back out of this ability. But you're having these big models with a lot of wounds that are suddenly healing when they do their job. Very nice. 
so that's that's uh that's your allegiance abilities. Um mm-hmm. Uh, now, command traits. Oh, dear Lord. There's 18 of them. We don't have to go through all of these, do we? I mean, some of them are similar anyway. You know, ex- one extra wound and things like that. Yeah, there's a couple, um, but there are a couple of big ones that yeah. are... Well, and let's hit those be. then. we got uh, Brayherd, Warherd, and Thunderscorn heroes. So, of course, we get, you know, six for each of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I did notice in the Brayherd they got the bestial cunning because the first thing I thought was, oh, someone could really mess up your first turn. A lot of units die, but now they can arrive in the first or second turn. Mm-hmm. So that didn't seem yeah. too bad. It's up to half rounding down of your ambush units. So you're not getting all of them, but you're getting a spot where you can create a beachhead with a unit and then get another unit on after they've absorbed some fire. Mm-hmm. Um, if I was going to pick one that uh, that I thought was really cool, it's Malevolent to Spoiler in this yeah, one. Yeah, uh, that one's a favorite for me, um, as well as Oracle of the Dark Tongue, but the Spoiler's a big one. Enemy units cannot receive the benefit of cover within 12 inches of the general. That's, that's really pretty good, uh, especially when you got a lot of units who st- start stacking stuff on top of their saves, taking that one away. Is huge. Mm-hmm. What's Oracle of the Dark Tongue now? Uh, you subtract one from the bravery characteristic of enemy units, all the way to all of the general. Um, it's not necessarily as big with regards to the spoiler, but you're again, every wound you do to a unit counts more when you get to the battle shock. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, with the malevolent spoiler. Uh, you stack that with a herd stone. You stack that with the dirge horn when we get to it. So there's a lot of different ways that this army erodes and degrades your save. Okay. See, when I was looking at this, the one thing I started looking around for, of course, that's me being the guy who likes to play death and summon all sorts of stuff, um, is ways to get extra uh, primordial call points. Mm-hmm. I know some of there is some, but like a, a few little things in here. Are there not? I thought there were. There are a few. Uh, okay, uh, should we move on to the war herds? Mm-hmm. I love trying to pick the right one. Um, I was thinking in this one, Gorger is a good one. Uh, if mm-hmm. the, if the blood gorge battle trait is good, you get D three wounds back. Basically, Gorger says it's not D three; you just get three. You automatically get the best uh, on the Blood Gorge rules. So if they wipe out a unit, they get three wounds back. Yeah, and that applies to him as well. Uh, yeah. That's a good one. Um, is Was there another the one? The Rampant Juggernaut. Reroll charge rolls. Oh. For friendly Warherd units wholly within 12 of him. That could be a bunch, especially because these are smaller units, are they not? They're smaller model counts, but on bigger bases. Right. Uh, And then you're also including himself. Uh And like the Gorgons, the Cygors, those sorts of things. But the big thing is you think about the command point economy. Right. Oh, okay. So you don't have to spend to reroll it. And they're already moving seven. Yeah. That's pretty good too. 
Yeah, the other one that's nice is the rugged hide. Yeah, I kind of liked that. Uh, minus one to the rend. Uh, if they had, uh, that, uh, you know, if if you have rend against me or against that character, you lose one of them. That's mm-hmm. that's super helpful. Um, because a lot of save adjustments for your army as well, like bonuses to your save or uh, taking away other people's rend. I noticed a bunch of it. Yeah, there's a little bit here. Cool. Um, then Thunderscorn? Yeah. Now, I looked at this one. Um, there were two that stood out to me. And uh, I thought Father of the Storm, which is that whole roll a die and get to move, you can re-roll it. Mm-hmm. Which, once again, if you roll a one... Or a two, even. Okay, forget that. I know how to move five or six. Um, so reroll the die for that move. The other one I thought was Ancient Beyond Knowing. Yep. At the start of the first mm-hmm. battle round, you get D3 command points on top of your regular command point. Mm-hmm. So that was good. Was there any other one? Did I miss one? You missed three. I missed three? There's only six. Which one? Yeah. So Adamantine Scales. Uh, on a Shagath, uh, his armor save is a base four, so going to a three, and then you combine that with some of the other artifacts of the realms, you can get it down to a two, or a two-up re-rollable, or something to that effect. So you can make him an absolute tank. Uh, the okay. other two are Magnetic Monstrosity. This one is interesting because you cannot retreat while you're within three inches of him. Oh. You have to stay and fight him. So what he is good for is to tag units that you don't want to move that are bad against single models. I'm looking at you, Grim Gas Reapers. Oh, okay. Or even Night Hunt in general, because they can retreat and charge for a lot of their units. Same with Skaven. A lot of them have retreat and charge. Oh, or those, uh, what do you call it, those uh, Stormcasts that I built the other day, the the Paladins with the, that they attack, their attacks mm-hmm. are based on how many unit, how many models are in range. Yeah, the Decimators. Um, and then being able to, like, lock down a Star Drake or, you know, uh, Fulminators or just anything that could be affected by a Heraldor with the Retreat and Charge. If you can't do that, you're losing a lot of your combat punch by not being able to charge because there's so many things that get bonuses to charges. Oh, okay. So, you're kind of stuck with him, so you have to try to kill this monster. Um, and then the other one, this one initially I think gets a lot of like overlook, but with how the game has evolved with a lot of things that are fighting at the start of the combat phase. Is it the lightning cast um, monstrosity? Yeah. So if he charges, he gets to fight first. Yeah, before others pick. So if he gets a charge off on a Grisselgore uh, Terrorgeist, then he would get to swing first in his turn. So the Grissel, the Terrorgeist may not hit you back as hard soon with like a Bloodthirster or something uh-huh. uh, from the Reapers of Vengeance, I think it is. Or it's Bloodlords. One of the two, but either way. So this one, I think, has a little more play to it now in the meta as compared to when this book was released. Hmm. Cool. And uh, that's the command traits. 
look at us just picking out certain things and moving along, not just reading everything in the book. I don't know what happened to this show, but goodness, it's like we're you, you're like a good influence on the show or something like that. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I'll go that far. <laughs> so let's jump into artifacts of power as we as we power through these things. Um, are we going to continue with me trying to guess what the good ones are and then you correcting me? We can try that. I like this. This is kind of fun. Uh, I picked. I, I always try to pick two. Uh, I like the knowing eye. Yep. Uh, at the start of your hero phase, roll a die if the bear is on the battlefield. Four up. Extra command point. Mm-hmm. I always tend to float to those command point things because, I mean, it's no secret that command points can really be super helpful, but sometimes they can really swing things. Yes. So I just yes, I, they can. Yeah. So like anything that gives you extra command point or extra things to summon, I just tend to. I tend to gravitate towards. The other one I picked was the Volcanic Axe. Uh, pick a melee weapon, plus one to the damage characteristic. In addition, unmodified sixes uh, for the attacks. It gets a mortal wound on top of everything else. So plus one damage, and then sixes add a mortal wound to everything else you do. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, did I miss the trumpet? The trumpet. Go ahead. So the blade, the bray blast trumpet. Um, you get to add one to hit rolls for attacks made by friendly brayherd units while they're wholly within eighteen of him. If those units use the brayherd ambush to set up in the battlefield that turn, so the big thing with this one is you have to set this character up in ambush too. So this way you get the most effect. But it's only so good you, for that turn, right? That's fine. But if you have a unit of Bestigors charging and hitting on twos. Yeah, I guess I looked at that and I just I wasn't clever enough to make it work. It's one of those things that if you're going to be focusing on an ambush list where maybe you're ambushing uh, through the Bestial Cutting Command trait as well as the normal we get the two waves, you can get a little more use out of it, but that is a huge bubble. Yeah. But I think in big, general, yeah. I would gravitate towards the knowing eye first. Yeah, I think the knowing eye is, is yeah, that's, I, I'm almost always going for that one. Yeah, the combo with that is if you do, like, the Ether Quartz brooch with uh, this. Did, so was that something you, we already talked about, or is that something we haven't done yet? It's uh, in Malign Sorcery. It's from the Roma oh. Hish. Oh, sorry. There's so many things in this game now. I know. It makes my head hurt. So that's the artifact of power that if you spend a command point on a 5+, plus, you get it back. Okay. So yes, you're rolling a lot of dice, but it's, again, the command point economy. And as we'll talk about later, or even just the basics with the command points of this army, that's so important. For this army, for the auto six run, for the reroll charges, for the inspiring presence, to get all of the things, never mind the realm command abilities, that they can take a full advantage of. So there's a lot that goes into this. Okay. Um, Anything else in this one? No. All right. Should we move to Warherds? Yarp. 
All right. Uh, I like the Blackened Armor of Chaos. Uh, Four-up ward save against Mortal Wounds. Yep. Uh, I thought that was good. And I liked the Champion's Doom Cloak. Mm-hmm. Plus two to charge rolls. So, once again, an army that can move pretty quick. Get that uh, extra movement. Yeah. And what did I miss? Nothing. Oh, good. Ding, 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 ding. I want to mark this one. I got one right. All right. Um, then let's uh, let's jump ahead to the spoils of the Thunderscorn. I, I, I'm very attracted to a Thunderscorn army, but I have no idea. I, I've, I've, I've never seen anybody play Bull Ogres so, or uh, uh, Dragon Ogres. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, there's no one in our, that. There's no one locally I know who even plays Beastmen. So, but yeah, Domus will be fixing that. Come Bruce City. Um, is he is I he, know he is doing Thunderscorn. It, it seems um, so cool. It's cool. The models are amazing. Yes, they like, are. How many how many models is he going to have? I mean, how many models like do you fit in an army like that? I. Th- if I remember correctly, before summoning three Shagaths and like eighteen Dragon Ogres, Ooh. I think he had a few That's other tricks. Scary. In there. Yeah, That's actually pretty and scary. It's it may be hard to grab and hold objectives, but if you can get some uh, primordial call points, you could grab some things and they can pop up and grab them, like you said. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I picked two here. I picked the Ancestral Ezerite Blade because, remember, a lot of their weapons were from Azir, and then they got scattered, and they had to go find them. Uh, mm-hmm. Pick a melee weapon. or pick, Yeah, pick one of the bear's melee weapons plus two to the rend. So don't they already have rend on a lot of these weapons? These On the axe, they have rend one, so it goes to rend three. That's that's uh, that is nothing to laugh at. Uh, four attacks, threes by threes, three rend. That's not three bad. damage. Yeah, it hits like Galmaraz almost. Oh, that's the Shoggoth. I was. Oh, that's right, because it's not. It wouldn't be a regular dragon ogre. So it's three attacks, mm-hmm. threes by threes. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And then I liked Horn of the Tempest. Yep. Friendly Thunderscorn units wholly within 18 inches at the start of your charge phase can make a charge move even if they ran. So you can run and charge. Run and charge plus your movement 8 plus your... Plus your D6 roll. Yes. Which if you pick that command trait, you can re-roll. Yes. See, oh wow, look at me. What is happening? I'm actually looking and seeing combos now. Yeah. The, so the thing and don't is, forget, this is, this is the guy who's been playing Stormcast for three years, and uh, it was at Adepticon. I'm playing in the team tournament with Greg Dan, and he's like, he go, uh, "I'm going to play." Something. He's like, "No, no, no! Put the put the bolt throwers uh, or the things in, the put the ballistas in 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 space." I'm like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, put them in space. That way you can drop them just outside a nine of your enemy, but within eighteen, so you can shoot the things that are hard to get to." I'm like. I never even thought about. Do, I like. I for some reason thought you couldn't. Like for I'm like, why? How would that be in space? Um, mm-hmm. That's the idiot I am. And now I'm seeing things. I'm yeah. so proud of me. Um, mm-hmm. Are there any that I missed? Uh, the lightning chain bracers getting to reroll failed to hit rolls for attacks made by the mm-hmm. guy. 
So you do get a lot of attacks out of the model, but the two big ones are the bumping into Ren 3 and then the horn. The big one is the horn. Yeah, the horn is really good. Always working. Yeah. So, yeah, because these guys are just flying all over the board then. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to start at least start with them together. You yeah, know, so in every, a bubble. Yeah. Very nice. Um, so that's that's uh, all your little artifacts. And and keep on chugging along. Let's look at the spell lores. Um, there's only two. Now it's Brayherd and Thunderscorn. So Bull or Warherds don't have spells, I'm assuming. There's no. Yeah. No Warherd wizards. There's no wizards in there. Got you. Um, so Lore of the Twisted Wilds for the Brayherds. I picked I picked two of these again that stood out to me. Um, now, I liked Vile Tide. Mm-hmm. Uh, casting on six, pick an enemy unit within 12 of the caster that's visible. They take D3 mortals. If they're within six inches, they take D6 mortals. Um, to anything that can just divvy out that kind of mortal wounds, I'm always I'm always happy for. Mm-hmm. And then I like. And it's only a cast value six too. Yeah, it's cheap. And then I liked Savage Dominion, but now I'm looking and it's in the FAQ, so I'm going to read it out of the FAQ. Uh, casting value of five. If set, pick an enemy monster unit that is a single model within 18 inches of the caster invisible. Roll two d six. Uh, if the roll is equal to or greater than the bravery characteristic, you can move it three inches towards the closest other model. You can then pick one other unit within an inch of that monster, roll a number of dice equal to the monster's wound characteristic, and on a four-up, that unit takes a mortal wound. So you've got a monster back near your, with, with your, you know, by your enemy. You yes. can just shuffle him forward, and ba- basically, this is the Bray Shaman getting the animalistic nature of the enemy's monsters to just attack what's around it, even if it's mm-hmm. them. Not bad, especially when you get some of these monsters with twelve wounds and stuff like that, and fourteen wounds. Twenty, twenty-two. Who's got that? Archaon. Oh, that's right. He is a monster, isn't he? Yeah. Oh yeah. The Chaos War Mammoth is 22 wounds. Uh, the Magma Dragon is also a bucket of wounds. They all have pretty high leadership, though. But still, if you're essentially... If you can line this up and beat their bravery, you're doing now it says their high bravery, on average six mortal wounds. Now, it says their bravery characteristic. Yes. So, now, does that have any effect if you've got one of these things that lowers their bravery? It's the characteristic. So, no. Okay, because, yeah, like, subtract one from the characteristic. Yeah, if it's it, subtract but, one from the characteristic, then it's different. Yeah, because that's the uh, Oracle of the Dark Tongue. Subtract one from the bravery characteristic of enemy units. Mm-hmm. So then that would actually change the characteristic, and then that would affect this. But, hey, one, it, I mean, that could be a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, was there anything else in here that really stands out? Uh, there are two in here that okay. uh, stand out for me. Uh, the Tendrils of Atrophy. All right. So, cast value six. If it goes off, you pick an enemy unit within 12 of the caster that they can see. 
And until your next hero phase, subtract one from save rolls for attacks that target that unit. So you're subtracting. Okay, my losing. They're making their save worse. And if you're picking the right thing, or if you have that, maybe they they don't get any save for cover, any bonus for cover. So well, it's no bonus for cover. So they lose if the cover was, save, and then they if might, they're affected by the herd stone, that's another minus one. If they're affected by the dirge horn, that's another minus one. Oh, that's stupid. And then if you hit this, then they're another minus one. And then if you have Ren 1, you're then putting them at a negative 4 or possibly 5 modifier. So basically there's no save for a lot of these. Mm-hmm. Wow. This is pretty cool. Let's see, here, again, there I go. It feeds into the degrading, the devolving. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is playing to the lore on top of it. Yeah, really, and it is hella good. Why have I not even read this book until now? Like, I got it and kind of put it on the shelf. I was like, eh, I told you to read it. Well, and that's why I did. And I read it. I'm like, we need to review this book. I'm I'm yes. really liking what I'm reading here. I just don't see anybody playing it. Like, I didn't even see that many people playing it at Adepticon. No, because the, the issue, again, is they're not going to be a top tier. But it's one of those things that... A smart and cunning player can use this book very effectively. Uh huh. So yeah, no, I'm liking it. So, um, any more in the Twisted Wilds lore? Uh, the Wild Rampage. Okay. So this one is cast value six. If it goes off, you pick a friendly unit within twelve of the caster that they can see. Until your next hero phase, you get to reroll failed wound rolls for attacks with melee weapons made by that unit. However, you have to subtract one from save rolls for attacks to target them. So okay. their minus the unit you've picked is minus one of their save rolls, but they get to reroll all failed to wound rolls. Yeah, that's cool. So that's basically they're they're going all out. They're 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 not defending at all. They are just Correct. attacking. That's kind of a neat. I've seen that before. I, I, you know, I hesitate to pick stuff like that because you know, just I, my save rolls I like, you know, Stormcast, mm-hmm. Dwarden, um, but that's that's pretty cool actually. Yeah, but it's one of those things that if you're going against something that you have to delete, or you're not going to get a save against them anyway. Yeah, because you you get your Brayherd wizard casting it, but you could cast that on something big and beasty. Yeah, you could. It just depends on the situation. So you do have a little more flexibility to that spell, just depending on what you're fighting. Yeah, very nice. Um, the fun one is Titanic Fury. Okay. Because it's casualty 7. You pick a friendly Beast of Chaos monster within 12, and until your next hero phase, you add one to the attacks characteristics of that monster's melee weapons. Oh. You do that on something even as humble as a Gargant. Uh-huh. He now gets 3d6 plus one club attacks, two kicks, two headbutts. Oh. And those headbutts are pretty good, aren't they? They are. Or if you hit, like, a Chimera with this, because it's got the claws... The different heads and the whip tail. All right, so the chimera gets fifteen attacks because of three from each head and six from the claws. 
So that becomes 19 attacks. Oh, yeah. Yes. No, oh, that is good. And if you look at the profiles, it's like damage D6 from the lion head, rend 3 from the bird head. Oof. I like that chimera. Yeah, he's a he's a winner. I don't have I don't have a, a GW chimera. I have one of those other ones though. From what's they're called? Um, is it Mercia? Yeah, that Mercia chimera is God bless, gorgeous. It's yeah, it's great. Um, I do like that's one of the things I kind of like the the weird uh, menagerie that you could put together with this army. Mm-hmm. Throw in a cockatrice. That thing's dumb. We'll talk about that later. I looked at that. I was like, "Really? That thing's yeah. dumb." Mm-hmm. Um. So basically, almost all the spells from the lore of the Twisted Wiles are good. The only one we didn't mention was the uh, the vicious strangle thorns. And even then, that's not terrible. It's like a heraldor bubble. Yeah, but it's pick bigger. a terrain feature and within twenty four inches, all enemies within three inch take D three mortals. Huh. They got some good spells. They do. Um, now, this is funny. I go through, and I know it drives everybody nuts, but I highlight the book because I'm reviewing it, and I don't want to have to look for it later. So I got highlights on the names of the spells. Now, when we get to the Thunderscore and Wizards, they only have three spells. But I went, and I just highlighted the title of the lore. I'm just like, <laughs> I like all of this. Uh-huh. Um, I like them all, so let's kind of go through them. The first spell is the Thunder Wave, casting value of 7. Each unit within 3 inches of the caster takes D3 mortal wounds. Thunderscorn units are not affected. So you got your big unit. You got your your guy run in there. Lots of little units around it, possibly. D3 mortals. Uh Especially Uh if you can't retreat. Yeah, that's right. You can't go away. I just keep casting it. Oh, that's dumb. I like it. Um, what else we got? The the hailstorm. That's on a six. Enemy unit within twenty one and visible until your next hero phase half their movement characteristic run and charge rolls. That I like a lot. Yes, this is really good. Um, their movement is halved. Then. Their run and charge rolls are half. Now, what happens if uh, you got one of those things that goes to an auto, like an auto, you know, or a minimum, you know, like I think it's the undead. Their minimum is like a, you know. The min- so that's a minimum of six regardless of the number rolled. So that would be the only thing that gets around this. Okay. So basically, unless I roll a 12, you cast this on them and, uh, you know, even if I roll it, I'm still moving six. Yeah. But still, that's that's just... I like, I mean, messing with people's ability, and an army that this quick, messing with other people's ability to move seems really uh-huh. cool to me. It is. It is a huge deal. I get this book. It's almost like I'm a beast player. Uh, could be. Could be. I, dude, there's a reason I haven't picked a new army and I'm still just playing around with Death and Stormcast because I can't choose between all of these. This is one of those times when I miss having like almost all the armies back like when me and Harrison were just buying them all and building them and not painting anything because who gave a crap we were playing in my basement. Yeah. Uh, Sundering Blades, last one. Value of seven. Pick a friendly unit, wholly within 18 that's visible to them. Until your next hero phase, 
their melee weapons get plus one rend. Oh my! Mm-hmm. A friendly unit, so we can throw that on the the like we did the chimera. Yes. So then the avian head suddenly is four rend. The other two heads are two rend, and the claws are have rend as well. Yes. Or the big dumb gargant, which goes to two rend, four rend on the head butt. Oh. See, I was right. I did like this for a reason. This is... Or... It's a friendly unit, so you could cast it on a whole unit of a bunch of gores. Or best of gores to get them to rend two. Gores to get them to rend one. You stack this with tendrils of entropy. Of atrophy. You stack this with the you know, cover. You stack this with the dirt horn. You stack this with the bray horn. With the herdstone. Oh, my God. I don't know. Oh. Domus is gonna <laughs> Domus is gonna be smashing stuff, isn't he? If you have armor, you suddenly don't. Yeah. And even if you just have mediocre armor, I mean just I mean, you know what it's like. You play a lot of armies that just have a five up save. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly it's like, oh no, you don't get a save. Almost ever. I hit you. you and I've only used half my cool rules. Yeah. Not only half my cool rules, but so much of my stuff has already got the rend, and you're not getting any, you know, boom, there you go. You're just taking stuff off. And, oh, I do D3. Mm -hmm. This is going to be vicious against, uh, like, one uh, one wound hordes. You know, little one. Yeah, this this can be brutal. Yeah. Okay. So um, that's... Now that is all the rule. Now that now they get the special the if you're part of the different uh, great phrase. This is what we were talking about earlier. You can pick a great fray. Um, now these ones, I'm going to let you take the lead on because I looked at them and I'm like, these seem pretty cool, um, but I'm not certain what's really great and where everything mixes in at this point. Because now there's suddenly a ton of different rules. I'm like, okay, I'm certain there's things in here that would be a nice mix, but I'm not 100 percent certain what. So let's start with the all herd. Um, mm-hmm. you, I, w- I want me to read this, and then you can tell everybody what's good and bad. Sure. All right. Uh, Bestial Might, minus one from Battleshock rolls for all herd units in the Battleshock phase if they were picked to fight in the combat phase this same turn. So basically your whole army, it, your Battleshock roll is one less. Yes. Now, this is something I saw and said, oh, that's really cool. And then I remembered that the Herdstone, eventually I'm not taking them anyway. Eventually you're not taking them anyway, but this is one of those that they can operate more independently of the Herdstone. Yeah. So, it's, I mean, it's not bad. I'm just uh, – let's see. They're, now, their command ability, um, use it at the start of your hero phase, get a primordial call point. That was one of the things that I looked at and said, oh, interesting. But then you're spending – Oh, no, it's a command ability. You don't have to spend a command point for that. It's just a command ability, right? Yeah, you still have to spend a command point. Oh, that's right. You do. Okay, what am I thinking? Um, so, yeah, spending a command point to get a primordial call point. Is that is that good? Okay. So, if we have one for starting the game. Right. You have one for a battalion. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking command points here. So, one for the start of your turn. Uh-huh. One for a battalion. Every 50 points you're under is another one. Okay. 
if you take the Ancient Beyond Knowing, you can get an extra D3 command points. Right. If you take the... Well, you don't get that... Uh, wait, it's an artifact. Uh, yes, it is an artifact. But if you take... The Knowing Eye. But if you take a battalion, then you'll get that second artifact. Yeah. Okay. So you can take the Knowing Eye or the Ether Quartz Brooch. Oh. So every time you put a point into Primordial Call from Booming Roar, on a 5 plus you get it back. Or you keep generating additional command points. So you could theoretically rev your engine to 10. Really fast. Yeah, I mean, you don't get the D3. I misquoted myself because that is a command trait on a Thunderstorm. Right. Because you have to take the Dominator command trait. But still... If you're starting with all those extra command points to start, and then if you have that brooch, it's just how many fives can I roll, you're suddenly ambushing whatever you want. Yeah. Okay. And let me look back real quick. There's something I wanted to check. Can I summon... I can summon a Chimera. I can summon a Chimera. I can summon a Gorgon. I can summon yeah, a you can summon size. these big things. A cockatrice. A cockatrice comes in at five. Yeah. And I know I kind of freak out about it, but a cockatrice is one of those things that that are like hero killers. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, you're there. Now you just take a bunch of mortal wounds. Yeah. Okay. And again, if you knife a couple of ungors at the start from the right. Herdstone's ability itself, you can... Generate so many primordial call points. Turn two, you're summoning multiple units to suddenly show up and wreck. Okay. Uh, what else do they get? Uh, reroll charge rolls for all herd units wholly within 18 inches of the general. If the general's within three inches of any enemy units, so the general's got to be into combat basically, and then never. Oh, and that makes sense because, as we've talked about, half of this army book is the guy in charge. They lead from the front. You mm-hmm. got to prove that you're the biggest and the toughest if you want to keep command. You're not. You're not leading from the rear like Skaven, or even from the middle like a lot of these heroes. Got to get screened and stuff like that. These guys are running right up to the front. So yeah, you run up in charge, and suddenly everybody else is like, "Oh yeah, we're getting in there." Yeah. Okay, and then but if you think about it again, that's command point economy, right? Because I don't have to. I can reroll the charge, so I don't have to spend a command point when I roll a two for my charge. Mm-hmm. Nice. Look at okay, command point economy. I'm gonna. I gotta put that into my vocabulary. Uh, let's see. Artifact. Your artifact is the blade of the desecrator. Pick one of the bear's melee weapons. Plus one rend for attacks that target a unit of ten or more models. Plus two rend if it's 20 or more models. Uh, it cannot have a rend characteristic greater than three. So no matter what you're doing, if you, no matter what you're putting this on, um, do they, a lot of these heroes have more than rend? Do, do these heroes... Uh, Bulgore can get a rend two. Yeah. So that the, wouldn't help him as much. will go to rend one. But, again, it's only against things with 10 or more. So he has to be in there with a bunch of models hacking things to pieces. Um, if it's a Beast Lord, his command ability 
is really going to shine if he's on things that he can kill, which are squishy one-wound models that he's suddenly doing much better against. Okay, cool. Or if you're like a dragon ogre, right? you're not rent two with your weapon, or just depending on what you did. So there's a couple of different things in here. Like, I'm not a big fan of the blade, but the booming roar and the dominator, I think, have potential. Right. So this isn't too bad. No. Um, let's see what else we got. You could be a dark walker. And if you recall from the last episode, these are the guys who will kind of work with anybody, and they jump through realm gates and stuff like that. They they like to lure their enemies out into the wilderness where they can use the cover and use the darkness to be super ambushy and really mess things up. So let's see. What do these guys have? Um, they have Shadow Beast. Warherd and Thunderscorn units are considered to have the Brayherd keyword for the purpose of the... An- oh, so you can ambush even Thunderscorn and, and Warherds with these guys. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, up to half the reserve units can ambush on the second movement phase as well. So if yep. you're picking this, you don't need that other command trait. Yep. That's that's not bad. Dropping no, it's in, not. Dropping in... Uh, uh, Bulgars. Or Dragon Ogres. Yeah. Off on the side. Wow. Okay. Uh, that is good. Uh, the artifact is the desolate shard. Once per battle, start of the hero phase. Uh, you can use desolate shard if they're within three inches of terrain feature. If they do so, roll a die for each enemy unit within one. On a four up, they take D3 mortal wounds. That's pretty pants. What does pretty pants mean? That means that's no good? Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought it meant. Just double checking. Alright. Uh command trait plus one to run rolls if they're wholly within twelve of the general. Eh, not bad. I mean they're already that, p- pretty quick, not so bad. Yeah, this Oh, yeah, because they're already moving This whole army for the most part runs in charges. Yeah, that is true. That is really that is that actually is pretty good. They're just all over the damn place. Yeah, these and, guys are... And suddenly they're all around you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like it. And then the command ability is Savage Encirclement. Use this at the end of the movement phase. Pick a friendly Darkwalker unit more than 9 inches from enemies, wholly within 18 inches of a friendly hero. Remove it from the battlefield, put it to the side. At the end, you can set it up anywhere. More Okay, so this... This is literally grab it and drop it anywhere like you would drop a Stormcast unit or something like that. Yeah, but this one you have to keep the unit off the table for a turn. Yeah, so you take it off at the end of your movement phase, and then you put it down at the end of the next movement phase. At the end of your next right, movement your phase. Next movement so phase. if you get double turned... Oh, it's off the board for a while. This, that unit's off the table. However, if you're going into potential where you could sneak the double... This is huge. So there is a big risk-reward here. Yeah. But then you're taking a unit off the table that your opponent now cannot affect. Yeah. They can only control where they drop in, so it gives you the threat, that menace of, I have this unit, you don't know where it's going, 
because you can't zone me out completely. Mm-hmm. And regardless, I'm going to be nine inches away from you. Because you're not dependent on the board edge. You're not dependent on a hero for their return. So it's just you place them on the table. Indeed. So this one's not bad either. This one you have to you kind of have to know how to play it if you're going to use it to its best ability. Yeah. And you have to be the cunning, sneaky ones, right. which is exactly what these guys are. So much goodness in this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and last is the Gave Spawn, not the Grave Spawn. I hate that name. I just always want to say it wrong. Yeah. All right. Uh, the Gift of Morgur. Oh, these are the guys who worship Morgur. They're the guys who are really about the de-evolution and the mutation. Mm-hmm. All right. If a friendly great God bless America. If a friendly Gave Spawn hero is slain, roll a die. Bef- on a two-up, you get a chaos. So he dies, he turns into chaos spawn on a two-up. Anywhere on the battlefield within six inches of the hero. If they were Corn Nurgle, Slash, or Zinch, it has that. If it didn't, you don't get to give it a name. Because that's one of the rules of the chaos spawn. Is when you pick spawn, they can be they can take a mark. Mm-hmm. But if they didn't already have if they didn't already have the mark, they don't get one. Interesting. I mean, heck, I like getting free chaos spawn if something I have dies. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Uh, command ability, propagator of de-evolution. Um, use it at the start of the combat phase. Pick a friendly Gave Spawn unit, wholly within ten inches of a Gave Spawn Chaos Spawn, plus one of the attack characters of that unit's melee weapons until the end of the phase. I always oh, yeah, that, that plus one of the attack characteristics of the melee weapons for the unit is good. Just, yes. We've already determined that that's good. Especially if you've got something else to get the spell off. Mm-hmm. That can give it plus one. Can you, you can do that, can't you? Yes. You can use this command ability and that spell, and then suddenly... You could use this multiple times. Oh, wait a minute. What? And you... Because oh, so, it doesn't say you can't. And you can just... Put chaos spawn in your army. You don't have to wait for it to be one of those guys that died. So, True, and they're like fifty-five points or something pretty cheap. Right, um, right. So then the chimera. Oh, that is dumb. Chimera, bestigors, bulgors, dragon ogors. I'm just looking at the chimera because the spell and this command ability. Even if you just uh-huh. use it once. Five attacks from each head, eight from the claws. And then if you have a couple of command points, that's... Oh, my goodness. That's just great. Yeah. So then your opponent now suddenly has to prioritize killing spawn instead of your junky troops, which are now going to get in. That's true, because if they kill off the spawn, then suddenly your command ability is out the window. That's that's the drawback to this. But if they kill the characters to try to take the command ability out of the window, they now have created another problem, because now they have another spawn. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The other trick to this is that there's no range between the character using said command ability... And the spawn. 
It's just the spawn in range of the unit. All right. That's that is pretty cool. That could be great. Yeah. All right. Uh, the command trait, unraveling aura. Oh, the general gets to unbind a spell, and if it already can, it can do an extra unbind. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Uh, it's all, that's always nice to get to unbind a little extra. Uh, that seems to be a pattern coming on. Lots of stuff that can just unbind a lot. Um, between corn and this and some of the other stuff, I seem to see notice a lot of extra unbinds or or auto unbinds or bonuses to unbind. Poor Nagash. Oh, pish. <laughs> but it's one of those things, again, we're living in the age of magic um, in the mortal realms. So it makes a little more sense to have more options to do so. Right. And then the artifact that they have to take is the mutating gnarl blade. Pick one of the bear's melee weapons, plus two damage. However, each unmodified hit roll of one for attacks puts a mortal wound on the bearer. I don't like that at all. Why? Well, I don't know. It just seems like one of those things where I would roll a bunch of ones and kill off my own guy. Okay, that's you. (laughs) Um, But if you're thinking about some of the bigger characters that you have access to, like a Bulgor or a Dragon Ogre Shoggoth, their axes go to rent, go to damage five. Oh, that's true. And they have enough wounds to take it, let alone a Bulgor that can heal himself if he kills something, and at damage five, for everything he's going to get through, chances are he might take a unit. Oh, that is true. I didn't know to then suddenly possibly heal himself. Oh, well, yeah, okay. Because, yeah, because the, the Doom Bull gets the same thing as the oh, okay, as the Bulgors, yeah. Oh, I wasn't even thinking about the Doom Bull. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. People forget the cow. <laughs> but the cow is now. <laughs> Speaking of which, I hate that guy, but that's besides the point. Yeah. Uh, we don't need to talk about him. Nope. So all three of these have their uses. Yeah. They're all... Pre- and that's if you play one of the specialized great phrase. Like, they have plenty of good options outside of the great phrase, so you don't even have to go that route. But you can. Yeah, you can. Especially if you're building an army to it. Mm-hmm. I like that there's... a that none of these are necessarily auto takes, but all of them are tempting depending on how yes. you want to play. That's that that's, that's, that's a sign of a well-written book. You know, we've, we've, we've talked about this before when there's no, you know, you're not looking at going, Oh, I have to have this. Like you can play this once again, you can, you can mix it all up or you can just go totally bray herd, totally war herd. Interesting. Um, well, that's, uh, that's everything. And then we got to flip over all of the path to glory and glory. So, uh, we got what? Three, eight battalions. Oh, eight battalions. If you include the, the marked, the, the, the ones with the marks. Yes. 
Um, okay. Why don't we do that? Why don't we take a quick break? We can take two breaks. We'll take a break now. We've been going for an hour. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when we come back, we'll hit all the all the battalions. Folks, Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chess X Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. And we are back with the War Scroll Battalions in the Beasts of Chaos Battle Tome, and there are a lot of them. Yeah, I, you know, I only considered four because the other ones with the marks I wasn't thinking about. Because once again, reading the story, I'm like, eh, I shouldn't be taking these marks. No, you shouldn't. But if you want to, you can. Sure. Um, Marauding Bray Herd. You got a Beast Lord. A- Couple of great bray shamans, two to six best of gores or tusk gore chariots, three to nine units of gores, four to twelve units of ungores, raiders, and centigores. So this is basically this is a pure bray herd battalion, kind of hitting all the bits. Mm-hmm. And their bonus is plus one to charge rolls that were set up on the battlefield in the same during the same turn. So this is another one that when you put it on the battlefield, that's the only time this gets this bonus? Yes. Is this good? I mean, I, I, I we always like plus to the charge. We, I mean, we've determined that. Yeah. So this one has some play to it because it is going to get your army down to a very low drop count mm-hmm. between a Beast Lord up to three additional wizards and then pretty much your entire army. Yeah. So you can get it down, so you can't get zoned out on the table edges for the most part. You're going to be getting the plus one to the charge roll when you go in. If you have the Bray Blast Trumpet to then do that, or if you have the Battalion lets you do half of your ambush. Okay. So if you play towards the ambush, you can make this work. Okay, and it's 180 points. I mean, it is, it's not cheap. That's why I was, like, wondering... Yeah, but what it does for your army, as far as making it like a, you essentially, like you can probably knock your army down, I don't know, to what is that, like maybe, you could do a one drop, you could do like a three drop or something, okay. so this way you can actually get your ambush. Nice. That's not bad. Then you get your extra artifact and stuff like that. Yeah, it's the extra artifact, it's the extra command point. And you can take these battalions in a great fray. So this could be a primordial call point. 
oh. for all herd. Oh, okay. Or if you're doing Gave Spawn, here's your whole army. Your wizards are more important for like the thematic portion of the Gave Spawn. And then you have a ton of good attack guys or mediocre attack guys that suddenly get a bunch more attacks hmm. from the spawn command abilities. It's like there's play here. Not bad. I it, it I it did not stick out to me, but then, like I said, you got all this other stuff you could mix into it. Uh, what else? We got the war herd, a doom bull, three units of bullgors, and one to three cygors or gorgons. Um, it says units from this battalion can move an extra three inches when they pile in. Now here's uh-huh. my question. Um, does that give them a, so that gives them a six inch pile in, but can they pile in when they're six inches away? No. So what is, to be eligible to pile in, you have to be within three. All right. But this gives you the play to get your bulgors from the back ranks up to fight. Oh, okay. So as long as the guys in the front are within three, it doesn't matter. And so now your large-based guys, they can they get the extra move too. Yeah, or you make more room by doing a longer pile-in move around a unit to let more guys get in the front. Got you. Got you. So this just, once again, both of these are just increasing their ability to move around the board. Mm-hmm. And that one, that one's only a buck and a half, so not as bad. Yeah. I mean, again, this is, you may, you can do a one drop out of this army, out of this battalion, if you take three Gorgons <laughs> and three big units of Bulgors. So you could do that if you wanted to. Um, but even just dropping your deployments down a good chunk is not a bad thing if you want to go with a cow list. No, I hear you. All right. So next we've got the Thunderscorn Storm Herd. This is all our one to three Dragon Ogre Shoggoths and three to nine units of Dragon Ogres. So this is another one if you want to have an army of, like, you know, a small model count army. I guess this is another way to go. Um, and this ain't cheap. This is 190 points just for this, just for the the battalion. So uh, in the hero phase, roll a die for each. You can roll a die for each unit in the battalion on the battlefield. On a four-up, heal a wound to that unit. Uh, after rolling a dice for each unit from this battalion, roll for each enemy unit within an inch of any models from this battalion. And on a four-up, they take a mortal wound. That seems, I mean, that's. You know, healing is always good, and uh, doing a mortal wound to your enemies is good. 190, I'm assuming that's not, I mean, you know, with the extra artifact and stuff and the command point, 190, is is that fair for this, or does this seem overpriced? It looks overpriced, but when you look at it, it's, you get one to three uh, shagats. So then you get your two artifacts, boom, boom done you can put them both on the dragon on the shags um and then you've got a one drop army um which is really the that, big thing if you went all dragon ogres gotcha so it's one drop the extra command point if you do the command trait that gets you extra command points like there's a lot you can do with just a one drop and then with how fast these things are when we get to it you're gonna be on your opponent turn one 
potentially. Well, that's good. Yeah. So there is some definitive player. That's why this one's a little more expensive. Uh, okay. Yes. Because you've got a definite. Okay. Makes sense. And yeah. Because like if I'm- you figure you're doing 50 points for the command point and like maybe another 50 ish for the artifact, you're paying 90 points for the deployment control and a little bit extra healing, a little bit extra mortal wounds. Plus, that's not the worst thing ever. No, and I mean these things are tough. I, yeah, you know, re, I'm reading. I mean, we haven't gotten any of the war scrolls yet, but this is another. I I, I kind of like that a lot of the books that are coming have these low. You could you could take a low model count, maybe harder to grab objectives, but just big crazy beasts running across the battlefield and just mm-hmm. really smashing. So uh, what else we got? The desolating beast herd. That's uh, a beast lord or a doom bull, one to three shamans, one to three bestigors or bullgors, one to three gores or tusk gore chariots, two to six ungors or ungor raiders, and zero to one gorgon or cygor. So this is this this is a lot. Can you fit all yeah. that? I mean, you you can't max this out at two thousand. You'd be taking minimums on some of this stuff. I'd, I'd assume. Yeah, I mean, six units of. 10 ungors is fairly cheap. Three units of gores is fairly cheap. Um, I mean, if you min it out, yeah, you could do it. Um, But if you put in a beast lord or a doom bull, and then you're going to get your three battle line regardless of whatever your general is, because the doom bull will make uh, bull gores core, and then the Beast Lord makes the Bestigor's core or uh, battle line, or they're just oh, yeah, okay. they're battle line of beasts. So you have essentially a one-drop army um, again. again and on this big unmodified hit rolls for any of the units in this battalion, wholly within the enemy territory. So you got to get into the enemy territory. Once you're there, unmodified hit rolls of six does two hits instead of one. Mm-hmm. Which ain't bad. No, it's not, and especially with the right units in here, like the Gorgons, the Bestigors, Bulgors, and then the Alpha Beast, because they all have Rend, the Doom Bull does a ton of damage, so it's got potential, but it's map, it's a battle plan dependent, because if you're playing something like Total Conquest, the enemy territory is substantially smaller than what it normally is. Oh, Okay. So this one is going to be a little more dependent on your matchup, but if you're playing in the others where the territories touch and there's no dead space, except for like whatever range you have to start away from your opponent, and especially considering how fast this army is. Yeah, you're going to, you're going to, I mean, if it's like straight down the middle, you're going to get that 12 inches across super quick. Or 18. Oh, yeah. Because so much of this army runs and charges. Um, you have the potential to get across so quickly. Yeah, so that's not bad either. No, there's 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 a lot of options here, mm-hmm. and none of them none of them seem to have sucked. Which no, yeah, it, it's hitting. It, I like you know, and I've said it on, on different book reviews before. I like when it hits that sweet spot of nothing stands out as amazing, but nothing sucks either. Like just you know, you get mm-hmm. decent options. Um, 
Because nobody wants a book that has that that build that every that you go to a tournament and every everyone who's playing is playing the same thing. Yeah. All right. There's four more battle plans uh, or battalions. I mean, um, one for each of the chaos gods. So now uh, we'll start with uh, the brass despoilers. That's corn. Uh, you could pick one to four heroes from the Beast Lords of Doom Bulls, three to eight units of uh, Gores, Bulgores, Bestigores, zero to eight Senegores, Dragon Ogres, Tuscor Chariots, and up to two Cygors or Gorgons. So it's a it's a pretty big, you know, you got a you got a lot of uh, options here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for this one, you can reroll hits of one for units in this battalion wholly within nine inches of another unit from the same battalion. So as long as you and you can have a lot of units in here, so it's easy to keep them near each other. But reroll has one. In addition, once per battle in your hero phase, you can choose to unleash bestial rage. Uh, if you do that until your next hero phase, reroll failed wound rolls for attacks made by units from this battalion wholly within nine inches. So hit rolls of one, and then once per game, you can uh, reroll failed wound rolls in general, and then they all get the corn keyword. Mm-hmm. So I mean. Are these? I mean, I know they don't. You know, these the, like story wise, these are the outliers and the losers and the people that get shoved off to the side and, and unloved by the rest of the um, the herd. Yeah. Um, like, is there a reason to take this? I mean, I, 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 unless you really love corn, yeah, or so- Zinger, that like, I, I'm not seeing necessarily the huge payoff for these. So part of there's twofold to this one. One is, and this is true of all of them. This is a very cheap battalion because at a minimum it's three units of gores at 80 points per unit and then a beast lord and then the cost of the battalion. Okay. Yeah. And the, and the battalion's 190 again. Yeah. So, you're paying 90 points for drop control. It's all of your battle line because gores are generic battle line chaos. Uh-huh. And then they have the corn keyword. So this can slot into a corn army. And it's cheap battle line that moves really quickly. Oh, wait. So I could take a corn army, like from the corn book. Yes. And then I can take this stuff and throw it in there and it would still be legal. Yes, they put that in the uh, errata that for all of these, you can take the battalion full of beasts into a god army, and it doesn't count against your allies' percentage. They just count as having the corn keyword or the zinch keyword or whatever. Oh, so that would be a reason to take this, because at a minimum, you have to take, like you said, either one beast lord or one doom bull, and then three units, bestigors, bulgor, and then you got all your... Core or your battle, yeah, line, your battle line right there, um, plus two big monsters and Cygors in a corn army and a new dynamic because it adds a shooting weapon, but also it's an unbind source in addition to their slaughter priests. So you have a lot of options to shut down spells hmm. with this battalion, okay. So that so does, is that part of the explaining of the cost? Because that's like the the this one's one ninety. Two other one of them are like are like two hundred. I think there's only one yeah. that's like anything less than that. 
Yeah, the big thing is, again, this is... You could do this in a beast army and have it be a one-drop again. Right. Because it's so many units. Um, it's just a matter of what... But it gives you options, is really what it is. Because if you like Bulgors, and you think that they're cool, and you want to do, like, a brass bull army... You can play it as either beasts or as corn, and suddenly you have two armies out of the same set of models. Uh huh. The I... only thing is, these guys cannot take artifacts and command traits because they don't have the mortal, bloodbound, or demon keyword. So you will probably want to take other characters to get those things, but then you're putting your army at like a potentially a two drop with corn for the Gore Pilgrims. And then brass the spoilers. Aha, uh-huh, okay. So, so where this this works actually really best in a in a mixed army with the other book. Yeah, or you can just do this as beast army with a one drop for a massive fighty list that gets to reroll on stuff that doesn't normally get to reroll. So. Oh, okay. Uh, what else we've got? We've got the Zinchuan, the Phantasmagoria of Fate. Uh, one to four heroes from any any of the Beast of Chaos heroes. Three to nine units, uh, basically anything on foot. Ungors, Ungor Raiders, Zangors, Gors, Best of Gors. And then zero to nine units of the big stuff. The Enlightened, the Skyfires, the Chariots, the Dragon Ogres, the Senegors, the Bulgors. And then you can take, oh, and again, one or zero to two of the of the big the big beasties. Um, okay, units from this battalion that do not have the wizard keyword can attempt to unbind one spell in the enemy hero phase in the same manner as a wizard if they're within nine inches of the caster. And they gain zinch. So you got to get up close, but basically if anyone's within nine inches of an enemy wizard, they just, they can, they, gotta, they get an unbind. Yes. That's pr- that's actually pretty good. It, it it's weird. It's a double edged sword uh, with Zinch because Zinch accumulates fate points by spells being cast. And but it's not successfully cast. It's just they have to hit the number. I'm pretty sure is what it is. So you get to shut down more of your opponent's spells, but yours still get to go based on whatever they have. So oh. it gives you more opportunity both how fast this army is. Oh, so wait, Zinch gets his faint points, even if it's dispelled, as long as you hit the number and you were mm-hmm. casting it, they get the points. Yes. Oh, okay. So it gives you more opportunity to shut down your opponent's magic phase. So it's not really that big of a negative, it just looks weird, because you would think if it's Zinch, they want to be casting more. But this is one of those things that, again, it's the cheap battle line if you want to do Zinch. Um because some of these things with, like, Destiny Dice or whatever could potentially be nasty. Um, the only thing is, if you take it in the Zinch list, you don't get access to the Zinch spells, because they're only for Arcanites, Mortals, and Demons. So your Bray Shaman won't get anything special, okay. unless it's a Zangor Shaman. Cool. Okay, so let's do these next two, because we got we still got Nurgle and uh, Slanesh left. The uh, Pestilent Throng. One to four heroes, three to seven of the basic units, zero to seven of the big units. Okay. I mean, this is all – all of the organizations are similar, if not the same, 
It's just how many of each you can take. I'm tired of reading all that. Um, if a unit from this battalion is destroyed, roll a die for each enemy unit within seven inches. On a two-up, they take a mortal wound. And they all have the Nurgle keyword. Mm-hmm. So this one, uh, all I'm saying is I don't like bonuses that only come around when I'm dying. Because right. then I got to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, each enemy unit within seven inches and on a two-up, so almost everybody around you is going to take a mortal wound, but that means I got to die first, and that means I'm losing models, and that's... I used to have this when back way back in 7th and 8th edition when you'd be playing with the dwarves and you could take uh, different runes, and it's like, oh, this rune's great. If I die, I get to do all sorts of wounds. Well, wait a minute. That means I got to die. Yeah. I'm trying not to die. I'm trying to make the other guy die, so... I don't know how I feel about this one. Plus, it's another two, another two hundo for this one as well. So, yeah. So the big thing you have to look at is what do I gain out of this? In a beast list, I would argue you don't really gain anything out of this except for the one drop potential. Um, in a Nurgle list, they don't get access to the artifacts or traits or spells, whatever, because again, they're still kind of the outcasts. But what they do get access to is the trees and the wheel. So you have to think about what the tree does, and the tree lets things run and charge if it's near it. Okay. The best of gores, gores and ungores, they all get to run and charge anyway. So you're looking at things like running and charging bulgores, running and charging dragon ogres, running and charging tuskor chariots. Okay. So that's where you have to look at it, as I think. Because they don't um, get disgustingly is, resilient or any of that stuff, do they? No, because it's not on their war scroll, but they get access okay. to the wheel benefits. So the, the wheel says they get plus four move or whatever it is for the number one on the wheel for Nurgle on top of their speed already. And then, by the way, there's a tree over there. Aha, uh-huh. okay. So you, there's a potential here, but I think this battalion favors the zero to seven. Um, units instead of the three to seven, like the cheap stuff. Okay. Um, and like the entropic deluge thing, the blow up, it's great if you take things that are units of one. So like if you could take razor gores in this, it would be amazing. Oh yeah. Cause they just pop that one razor gore and he manages to do three or four mortal wounds. Yeah. And it's just around a pedo at that point. Um, you can kind of do the same <laughs> thing with the Tusker chariots. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, I'm sorry. I was thinking yeah, more you, like a little hand grenade, but yeah, that's a much better. Yeah, you could do a pig pedo if you could take razor gores in there, but the tusker chariots, you can still do kind of the same thing because they just run up, hold stuff up, blow up. So there's something here. I just, I don't know if I would take this one. Okay. Yeah, uh, I didn't care for it either. Um,. And then we've got the Depraved Drove. Um, let's see. This one, once again, one to four heroes, three to six basic units, zero to six big units. Um, reroll failed charge rolls made for units from this battalion while they're within 12 inches of an enemy hero with an artifact of power. Once again, very, very limiting on when it can do this. In addition, you can reroll hit rolls for attacks made with melee weapons by models from this battalion that target an enemy hero with an artifact of power. So reroll hits from melee 
and charges with well, they would have to be within twelve inches because how else are you going to? Char- well, some people can charge from longer. Some people can charge far. Um, and they're all the Slanesh keyword, uh, but it has to be an enemy with an artifact. So if mm-hmm. you're not taking battalions, there's like this is literally all dependent on one model. Right. So, um, is there a good reason to take this? Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. So, <laughs> all right. Here we go. In Slanesh, um, taking three units of Ungors as your battle line, plus a battalion. That's cheap as chips um, is a big deal because the army as it stands right now requires a lot of command points and it likes artifacts with the fane. So you get both of those with the drove. Okay. Um, the other thing, a doom bull or a dragon ogre shagath in Slanesh, it's not as optimal as a keeper, but it's a good fighting character to generate depravity points. They both have a good wound count for generating depravity points. So there is something here for Slanesh to take them. It's just whether or not you want to do that or more demonettes or whatever else. So there is play here, I think, for a Slanesh book or for a Slanesh army. Okay. But the big thing I get out of these four is that you can take essentially the same models and play them in five different armies, which is really amazing that you can do that outside of like just taking a grand alliance type thing. So I think that's really where you get the benefit with these is you have so many different play styles from one set of models. All right. That sounds cool. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't we uh, jump into some actual war scrolls then? Now that we've gone through all of those battalions, yeah, there's a few. Yeah, no kidding. And there's quite a few uh, war scrolls too. Um, yeah, there's a ton. Yeah, we're looking at what twenty twenty five, and then the and then the uh, yeah twenty five, and then you get to add on. The Herdstone and the three endless spells. Did we talk about the Herdstone? I can't even remember. Yes, we did. I believe so. Okay. Wow. Because we talked about it in the Allegiance ability. That's right. That's right. This is what happens, folks, when everything goes haywire and your whole show gets messed up. Um, All right. Let's start with with a few basics here, though. Uh, Most of this army... Uh, well, we'll go over the Brayherd models first. Um, they all are pretty much movement six, except for the chariots in the Brayherd. And the Centigors. And oh, where the heck are the Centigors? They're in the back. They're, for whatever reason, they're way that? away. Oh, there they are. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we won't forget them then. Um, pretty average on the saves. Pretty, uh. Pretty crummy on the bravery for the most part. Um, but let's jump into this. So we start off with the Beast Lord. Um, he's got the four-up save. Um, he's got six attacks, threes by threes, one rend, one damage. That's pretty good. Rerolling ones. Rerolling failed wound rolls if you're uh, targeting a hero. 
And then he's got his command ability, which... Um, so, let's see. Use it in the combat phase. If any attacks made by the friendly beast lord uh, kills an enemy in that phase. If you do so until the end of the phase, you can reroll wound rolls for attacks made by friendly Brayherd units wholly within 18 inches of the Beast Lord. If any attacks made by that Beast Lord resulted in an enemy hero or monster being slain, you can reroll hit and wound rolls for attacks made by Brayherd units wholly within 18 inches. So here's... This is a good excuse to have him attack first, to have him fight first, and this mm-hmm. totally follows in with the lore that we covered last episode, where these guys, they don't lead from the back. They don't even lead from the, from the like, right along with their units. These guys constantly have to prove that they're the best, and how do you do that? You literally just run in first and kill mm-hmm. stuff, and that gets the rest of your... That gets the Heard whole... fired up. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I think this is. I, I mean, I like this. I think it's pretty good. Is yeah, there anything no, the I'm missing? Commandability is good. The biggest weird. It's a weird thing for him because of how you can equip the beast lord. You can either make him really defensive or kind of killy. But you can't do both. So that's the only trick with him. And then, like, if you look at his basic profile, he doesn't really want to go after characters, but his rules say he does want to go after characters because if you want to get the most out of the command ability like you're going to be going into the squishy stuff that he can just pick on and just punk one guy out of a unit but if he wants to go after a character then he may not kill him or he may not survive the hit back yeah he's kind of weird but it depends on how you build him if you put the sort of judgment on this guy um, chances are you're going to pop the character because of the volume of attacks plus your rerolls, but then you're going to be rubbish if something hits you back. So it's just he's a weird thing for me. Okay. Um. So I okay. So let's let's hit our wizard here, the Bray Shaman. Mm-hmm. Um. He's got a six-up save, uh, one attack, fours by threes, one ren, D3 damage. And he's got a two-inch range on that. So if he does hit, maybe he'll do some damage. Let's see. Um, at the start of the movement phase, add three inches to move characters of models and friendly Brayherd units wholly within 12 inches of any friendly Great Bray Shaman till the end of the phase. Mm-hmm. So that so once again he's around they uh, these guys already move fast now they get an extra three inches if they're next to him yeah it's um, even more obnoxious if you put them next to Zangors on discs oh okay because then those things go up to movement nineteen is that a Brayherd unit yeah they they are yeah oh so dumb yeah so they're moving nineteen. So that means they're at worst five inches away, at best three, if you're deploying on the line. Um, and then if you do this with the Zinch Battalion and you're in a Zinch Army, you have Destiny Dice to auto-guarantee the charge. So, yeah. jeez. Oh, it's a really good rule. Um, and it's a really big ability, especially for... The, these guys are super squishy, but they're stupid fast. It is really their catch. So, 
And, and his spell they, is one of the best. Aren't they? And they're only a hundred points a piece. Yeah, they're cheap as chips. All right. So yeah, and his spell is cool. Casting value seven. Devolve. Take an enemy unit within eighteen inches that's visible to them and not within three inches of any friendly units. Your opponent must move that unit up to 2d6 inches so that each model in the unit ends its move as close as possible to a model from the friendly unit that was closest to it at the start of the move. Mm-hmm. My enemy unit, it's not, yep. your opponent must move it. So they basically, they have to come toward you? Yeah. Uh, when we did the corner view and we're talking about um, the slaughter priest with the bloodbind, right? Where you have to have where you're forcing your opponent to move closer to you. This is that in a spell form. Okay. So essentially, you're reaching out 18 inches and saying, "Hey, come here." So then the unit runs out 2d6. Oh, which it's closest means- to the. To a model from the friendly unit that was close. Oh, okay. So it's not coming towards the shaman. I'm like, why would you want to do that? Unless he's the closest, but but oh, um, I'm seeing. So they don't, you know, they're they don't want to get tucked in against your big stupid thing. And you're like, no, 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 go, go after it right now. Yeah. So you pull somebody out, but you're also pulling them out of range for command abilities, for different aura effects, or even out of cover. This way, you can use your bucket of low rend attacks to start doing damage. Nice, that is pretty cool. Yeah, it's. I really rank this guy, even just in a generic chaos list, for that spell. I like it. All right, so let's let's check out our 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 foot troops here. The ones that in every book you read, they just get slaughtered. Yes. All right, gores. Now, Gores, these guys only have a five bravery and a five up save. They get one attack, fours by fours, no rend, one damage, just basic. Um, one in every ten models can have a Brayhorn. They can run and charge if you got a Brayhorn. Mm-hmm. One in every ten models can have a banner. They can move an extra inch when it runs or piles in. Oh, so you get a four-inch pile in. Yeah. Okay. Um, re-roll hit rolls of one if you take the pair of blades if you take one blade and a shield then they get plus one to their save so they can have a four up save in melee mm-hmm. if you go with the uh, with the shield and and, uh, and blade double blades get that and then oh and then plus one attack if it's got 20 or more models so do you go what do you what do you do you go two blades or do you go a blade and a shield? It depends on how you It depends what you're fighting and how you build your army realistically. Um in general I'm gonna go with the shield. Um just because this they're not good attacks, but for them to run in at a four up save it's going to make them a little more survivable, a little tankier, um, which I think that they would do a better job of surviving versus killing something. Okay. If you take them in a pretender's host for the depraved drove and slanesh, you get to reroll ones to hit for units of 10 or more. So there'd be no reason not to do it with a shield. I just, 
I don't see why I would take the gore blade or the double gore blade because again, you're probably not going to be killing anything unless you get all of your buffs off, like we talked about earlier. So okay. if you build around the buffs, sure, go for it. But if you're not going to hedge your bets, or if you're not going to depend on getting all those buffs, the B shield's a little more consistent. Okay. And I got a question about that anyway when we get to the end of these the the Brayherd models. Sure. Um so we got the Ungors. They're a four bravery and a six up save. These guys are the worst. Like, I mean, they're just they're I mean, they're like little Mr. Tumnuses, right? I mean they're not really yep. they're not really fighters. Um now you can take the blade and a shield or the spear and the shield. Um the blade is one attack fours by fours, and the spear is two inch range, one attack fives by fours. Neither of them have rend; they have one damage. You know, um, one in every ten models. Okay, they can also have the brayhorn and the banner, so they can they can uh, run and pile in an extra inch. They can also run and charge. Um, reroll. Ones for attacks when it's got 20 or more models. Reroll one in twos if it's got 30 or more models. And if you... Uh, and they, their, their six-up save becomes five-up save in uh, melee because they got that little shield. Um, what are... What, I mean, what is this? Just to hold objectives or something like that? Uh, you can do two things with them. One is hold objectives, sure, because they're cheap. Um, battle line and they're relatively quick. They're also a fairly decent combat unit. Because now like you look at a gore um, and it's the same profile between the blades. It's the same profile. The issue with the gores is that they're on 32 millimeter bases. Okay. So you only get one rank of attacks. With ungores they're on 25s. So you get two ranks, three with the spears plus rerolls depending on your numbers, and they're always um, adding one to the save in addition to the situational reroll. Hmm. It's weird to think that these guys are better fighters. They're not as survivable as Gores or as brave, but... Yeah, that bravery four is an issue because yeah. these things are going to die, and then you're going to be rolling and just taking off a lot more. Of course, you can get 40 of them for 200 points, so, I mean, whatever. Yeah. And again, that's a cheap battle line, and it's a lot of models on the table. And if you want to go by Gores 10s, are, yeah. you got 60 points. Yeah, and Gores are cheap, too, um, for what you get for them, but it's just a matter of what your preference is um, as far as which one of these you would prefer. So... Okay. Um, you have also the uh, raider portion of the Ungors. Um, now, these guys, their melee attack is fives by fives, which is worse, but they also have a bow, 18-inch range, fours by fours. Uh, once again, they can run and shoot. They can have uh, extra inch when running and piling in. Um, the cool thing that these guys have is after the armies are set up, but before your first round begins, they can move up to six inches, which is cool because then they can they can literally move up, so they can they can get into a, a better position or move you know shuffle around to get into that shot shot range. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and they have the same rules for their. Now they only hit on fives, but oh no, that's for their 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 missile. I'm that's sorry. For their yeah. So uh, reroll hits up for one for the bow with its twenty models. One and twos if it's got thirty models. I mean, this seems pretty obvious. That I mean, if you want to be shooting, this, they're at least in this army. That's pretty decent, ain't it? Yeah, it is. Because uh, you get the rerolls. Their movement. They're moving at least eight inches and then shooting eighteen. So it's like a twenty-six threat range at a minimum from the guys in the back. Uh, so you can lay down a lot of shots, but again, it's no rend. Uh, the big thing with them is the ability to move up and start screening and getting in the way. So mm-hmm. now these guys cost ten of them cost the same as Gores, and there is no bonus if you go for a full forty, and they are not battle lines. So no, they are not. No, but they for are a very obvious reason. Yeah, they're pretty decent actually. Mm-hmm. Um, then we get to the best of Gores. These guys have six bravery and a four up save. Um, two attacks, fours by threes, one rend, one damage. It's one of the few things that seem to have rend in this section here. Yeah, the Brayherd does not get a lot of rend. No, and they also don't get a lot of anything over one damage either. Yeah, but there's a catch to these guys. Right. Okay, so once again, Brayhorn and Banner Bear. So as we've talked about, run and charge, extra move. Plus one to hit for attacks if they've got ten or more models. Reroll hit rolls of one for a... Wait a minute. Add, yep. Okay, plus one to hit if they've got ten or more models. So they're hitting on threes then. Rerolling ones if they're attacking order units. And plus one to the attack so they get an extra attack when they charge. Yep. I mean, these guys are obviously pretty good. I mean, compared well, to all their other... But- they're called the best Degors for a reason, because right. they are the best. Um, but these guys getting three attacks each, hitting on threes if they fight something with ten or more models. So they want to go into the big units. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, it's the enemy unit that has ten more models. I didn't say that. Yeah. I just read that. Oh, so when you're fighting all these silly little horde armies. Mm-hmm. They go in and they want to muck it up. Uh-huh. And then if they're fighting against order units... Um, when you think about big horde order units, you're looking at like, oh, I don't know, Daughters of Cain or Daughters of Cain, <laughs> Free Guild, if they got there, um, would be something, or even like Fire Slayers, uh, because they tend to be yeah uh, units of 10 or more, depending on the blob. Um, or those so little skink get, hordes and stuff, the skink yeah. clouds and stuff. You've got a lot of play with this unit, um, even if it's just plus one to hit against like Storm Vermin or really anything that's a big unit. These guys can do a lot of damage. Very nice. Uh, what other Brayherd we got? We got the Chariots. These guys can move 10 inches, and they've also got a four-up save. Um, reroll failed charge rolls. Mm-hmm. Uh, reroll charge rolls. Is just, I suppose if you succeed but wanted a chance at something better, you could do yeah. that too. Uh, mm-hmm. Plus one to the attacks characteristic of the melee weapons when it charges. Uh, and then plus one to hit rolls for attacks that target enemy units with 10. Oh, because the, the best to go on the back. He gets the same roll. 
Yes. So plus one to hit for the attacks on the back. Um, I mean, it's not super great. Uh, the Bestigor, it's the the Bestigor is the same attack profile. The the spear for the gores or the ungores that are driving the thing, same one as the ungores uh, thing. And uh, then you get the fours by threes attacks from all the from the actual the beast pulling it. Mm-hmm. So, other than the speed, what's the benefit of? I mean, we talked about the lore, how fun it is that they make these crazy things and they're off riding them. Um, it reminds me of uh, <laughs> it reminds me of Grot uh, Tech, where they just go go wonky <laughs> with it, but. Other than the speed, where's the big benefit in this? Or is there one? So they're cheap for okay. what you get. Um, they are fast. They're fairly tanky. And they're on a fairly decent-sized base. So you can spin these things sideways to block things up uh, or get in the way of charges or close off a lane. Uh, and they're really, really cheap. Yeah, they cost for, the same as a unit of 10 Ungors. Except they can move ten and they got a four up save. Yeah. So okay, that isn't bad. And then these guys can come in units of how many? Uh one to four. Okay, so you can take four of them. It gets to reroll charges at a movement ten. And that's what? Twelve attacks from the axes on the charge. All those pig attacks. So it's got potential it could do something, plus it's a Big unit. If all four of them can get in. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. But it, could it be can fun. be done. It could be fun. And hey, a lot of people have them still. Mm-hmm. Because I remember when everybody had chariots. If you could take a chariot, you had one. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. So let's jump ahead over here to the Senegors to get the rest of the, uh, the, Bray, Herd. the Bray Herd done. These guys can move 14 inches. They're faster than the chariots. They got a five-up save. Um, they can take the Brayhorn and the and the Banner Bear, so they get that all that stuff as well. Um, so plus one to save in melee because they've got little shields. So that uh, mm-hmm. in melee they get the four up save, reroll failed wound rolls for spears if they charged, and. Uh, they have a rule called Drunken Revelry. At the start of the hero phase, say that they're drinking wildly. If you do so until your next hero phase, plus one to hit rolls for attacks made by this unit and targeting this unit. So they, oh, so it's plus one for them to hit and plus one to hit them because, yeah, they're charging in like crazy, but they're not even trying to defend. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not bad. They got... Two attacks with a two-inch range, fours by fours with their spear, and then two attacks, one inch, five by fives with their their hooves and claws. Are they any good? I'm looking at them, trying to figure out if they are or not. I mean, they it's five of them for about 80 points, and also it's it's the same as 10 gores. Mm-hmm. So the big thing, obviously, is that speed. Right. With the movement 14, run and charge with a plus one and all that stuff. Um, these guys are great for getting up and blocking things off, but also if they get in behind you, they can take off little support characters 
Um, because, like, the drunken revelry, like, okay, yeah, they're going to die quick if they get hit, but if they're charging in and you fight with them first and you think you can kill the thing that they're going to go into, why would you not do it? Ah, true. So, yeah, the, there's potential for them here, plus it's 80 points for a unit of five guys that can move really quickly for catching objectives. It's interesting because none of it seems amazing, but it all seems decent, like at least within its own little realm of army stuff, and then you get your little bonuses and, and things like that. This seems like an army you really have to know how to play to make it work. It is a very finesse army. This isn't like like there are YOLO parts of it where you just go in like Leroy Jenkins, but <laughs> um, most of this requires a lot of finesse um, to really use effectively. And the Centigors do get the plus three from the Bray Shaman. So their movement 17 plus the run and charge. So like they can get up there real quick as well. So yeah, it's just a matter of, yeah, they're plus one on the run because of the, yeah, uh-huh. the speed on this is kind of bananas at times. Like you, you don't, I know we keep saying that they've got all this speed, and I know that with all the little separate rules. But I guess once you start playing it, and you know you've got these rules, and you start put, you know, clicking them all together. That's just wow. Mm-hmm. That's just silly. Um, okay, so that is all of the Bray herd. Why don't we take a break because it's been a while, and when we come back, we'll do the, um, we'll do the war herd, and then the uh, some of the other stuff. Are you finally looking to start your rebasing project? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some new and interesting resin terrain? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some fancy acrylic counters to keep track of wounds or maybe some other statistical anomalies? Six Squared Studios. Maybe you need a new rack for your paint? Six Squared Studios. Well, then look no further. What you need is Six Squared Studios. They ship worldwide with domestic shipping for both the U.S. and Canada. Six Squared Studios. That's right, Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. When your gaming needs go beyond your basic dice, tape measure, models, and paints, think Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Now all your base are belong from them. And moving right along, uh, we'll <laughs> go. Yeah. So, in case you couldn't tell by the bad pun, um, we're going to go into the Warherd. So, we're going to start with the Doom Bull. Um, now, these guys have a lot of wounds. Um, these guys are movement seven. Most of the Bulgors are, except for the monsters. Uh, Doom Bull's got a four up save and eight wounds, so he's quite tanky. Uh, he's got 
his horns, and then the Bulgors have this as well. Uh, it's two attacks, fours by fours, no Ren, one damage. His axe, though, three attacks, threes by threes, Ren, two, damage, three. Um, so not terribly bad at all no. on that profile. Uh, he just doesn't have a lot of attacks, but there's ways to augment it with like weapons that give you additional attacks, whatever. But he also um, gets mortal an ex and a mortal wound on top of everything else when they roll sixes to wound. Yeah, that's for the uh, blood greed special rule, right? Uh, and then what else? Oh, and they've uh, he's got a command ability: pick a friendly war herd unit wholly within twelve inches of the this model plus one to wound mm-hmm. until the end of the phase. So then they're wounding on twos. Yes. Oh, yeah. And that's combat only, so you can't like throw a rock at a plus one <laughs> uh, from the Saigar, but that means the cows are hitting on twos, so the biggest catch is going to be overcoming the to-hit roll, because then the to-wound roll is going to be pretty much automatic. Oh, that's good. These guys are but tough. If he, yeah, and if he uses it on himself, he's a three-by-two, ren-two, damage three, so he can definitely lay down some pain if he wanted to. Sure can. Um, um, let's, why don't we cover... The Bulgors? Yeah, let's do the Bulgors first, and then we'll come back to the Saigors and the Gorgons. Yep. Uh, so Bulgors, move seven, five up, save. So not as tanky as best of Gors, but they got four wounds a pop, which is pretty big. Um, they have a couple of different weapon combinations. Regardless, they always get the horns, which are the same thing as the Doom Bull. Uh, they can take an axe and a shield or a pair of axes. Uh, the axes, three attacks, fours by threes, ren one damage, two. Um, if you take two of them, you get to reroll once to hit. If you take the shield, you get to add one to your save in the combat phase. Um, and then the other option is the Great Axe. Uh, two attacks, fours by threes, run two, damage three. So that's run two on a potentially battle line unit, um, which is a pretty big deal. Um, and it's got a, the same blood greed, so if they uh, have an unmodified wound roll of a six, then it does a mortal wound in addition to normal damage. And it's got a couple unique banners, um, or unique command options. So the Drummer, they get to add plus one for a unit that includes a drummer, and one out of every three can be a drummer. Um, so it's a little different than the Bray Herd. It's just a flat plus one instead of the run and charge. No, it's a, yeah, plus one to charge, right? Not to run, though. Yeah. So, uh, And then the other thing, the banner there is the big one in this one to me. So one and three can be a banner. You add one to the bravery characteristic of a unit that has a Warherd banner, for each enemy unit within 12. So their bravery starts at 6, but once they get into combat where they want to be... It's a minimum get, of 7. Yeah, it's a minimum of 7, potential like 10, 11, depending on how much is close. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a it's a it's a 12-inch radius. That's big. Yeah, and if you take a big herd, um, your potential... Bravery can just go through the roof, which means you're not going to take battle shock for them, and they're just going to keep swinging until they're dead. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, but yeah, the 
Yeah. The, the, the war herd's really cool in general anyway. Except the models. Yep. Uh, we literally about that. just caught me up before I said it, too. Yeah, the models are pretty bold, but... Um, oh, man. Uh, I can see you got beef with those models. Yeah. <laughs> I do. They're so terrible. Yep. Okay. So let's talk about Cygors and Gorgons. Uh, Cygor. Okay, these things are both... Five up saves, 14 wounds, seven bravery. Um, they can start about eight inches of movement, and they drop down to about three. So the Saigor, um, he's got that boulder that he can throw. He can start throwing it 18 inches. The more of a beating he takes, the less he can throw it. It's only one attack. Fours by twos, two rend, D6 damage. Mm-hmm. Not a bad missile attack. His melee attack, uh, two-inch range, that's the horns. He starts off at eight attacks and slowly drops down as he takes damage. Fours by threes, one rend, one damage. Um, what's really cool about him is he can reroll failed hit rolls if he's targeting a wizard. And he can unbind two spells in the hero phase just like a wizard. And if he does unbind, the caster takes a mortal wound and he heals a wound. Mm-hmm. I like I like this. I like the model. I like the cool stuff it does. I just the rules fit to the to the lore behind him. Um, I just I like this a lot. Yeah, and he's pretty cost effective for what you get out of him with the two unbinds and then adding a missile weapon into an army that doesn't usually have it. Um, and then the real thing, uh, that includes his boulder, because, again, they shine like beacons, so, so they're easier for him to hit. So that 4 plus isn't as terrible, but you think about the things that have the wizard keyword, um, like evocators, doomfire warlocks, pink horrors, um, the units that are wizards, this guy would also get the bonuses against them. Nice. Okay, and then let's take a quick look at the Gorgon. Um, once again, save movement, save stuff. So he's got uh, Butcher Blades. They start off at five attacks, drop down to one, threes by threes, one rend, three damage. So that's you know that's pretty good, especially early when you got more attacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his huge maw... It's four. It starts up at fours by twos, and then it'll drop to fours by fours. One rend, d six damage. So, um, it's it's if it gets its hits off, it can be pretty choppy. Mm-hmm. Um, unmodified wound rolls of six do d three mortal wounds in addition. So much like the bulgore with the unmodified six to wound doing one, this guy does d three. Um, every time this model attacks, pick an enemy unit within an inch. After all of this model's attacks been resolved, and roll a die. If it's equal to or greater than the enemy model's wound characteristic, it's slain. So this is really actually pretty good um, if you've got units that got strung out a bit or if they're moved around mm-hmm. because this is where you can do that. I'm going to pick this one, kill that specific model, and then break coherency on you. Yeah. So if after they've attacked, you can do that, because you might need to let your enemy go first just to make sure that they can't, you know, uh, 
pile in and, and resort and, and get back into coherency. But I love when you can pick a specific model and, and get rid of it because if you in those situations where you can get in there, you can suddenly take one guy out and blank out a chunk of their unit, you know, for free, basically. Yeah, and it also lets you snipe out uh, special weapons uh, like star oh. soul maces or gorglaves or whatever, even champions out of the unit. So this way they get less attacks back at you in addition to breaking the coherency. Oh, nice. Um, I and it's equal, about those. Yeah, and it's equal or greater than the wounds characteristic. So you have a one in three chance to kill a five wound character. Just kill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. So this guy's good too. Yeah. They're not bad. No, not at all. Um is that all of the Warherd? Yeah, they just have four. Oh, okay. So they keep it simple. Yeah. That's okay. There's a whole bunch of other garbage about to come up. Um let's uh let's do Thunderscorn because I think it's just those two, isn't it? It is. Yeah, and then we got tons of monsters, and then we go into the Zinch-specific stuff that they dragged in from the Zinch book because we need more things running around on discs being dumb. Um, all right, so Dragon Ogres and Dragon Ogre Shagas, they can move eight. They have a four-up save, um, six or seven bravery, and then the Ogres have five wounds. The Shagas have ten. Dear goodness. Mm-hmm. Um. So let's see. Oh, this is interesting. With the Shagas, if the if the roll to start the battle round is a tie, roll a die for each Thunderscorn unit on the battlefield on a four up heal D three wounds. Like that's super situational and weird. That wasn't where I was expecting this rule to go when I started reading it. Yeah, but it's a one in six chance that you get to try to heal your army. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. Okay. Huh. And now this does not stack if you have multiple shags on the table. So regardless of the number that you have, you only get to roll once at each unit. Yeah. But uh, I'll take that. Um, let's see. His axe, three attacks, threes by threes. That's got one rend and three damage. The tail's got d three attacks. Not all that great. Fours by threes, no rend. Uh, the his four limbs, two attacks, threes by threes, as opposed to the fives by fives for everybody else with four limbs, because you know what he's he's huge, and that's one rend and one damage. Still not a ton of, uh, you know, for for something this big, it's a lot of one damage. Mm-hmm. But he can summon lightning, um, and that's on a seven. Pick a Thunderscorn unit wholly within 20 inches and heal D3 wounds. In addition, reroll failed wound rolls for attacks made by that unit until your next hero phase. So that's 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 actually a pretty decent spell, all things being equal. Healing and getting a bonus to wound. Yeah, so. and even if you don't use it to get the heal, him rerolling failed to wound rolls oh, yeah. is not a bad thing. Or even just the ogre is getting to reroll fail to wound. Because um, when we get onto the dragon ogres, uh, they have an ability while they're wholly within twelve of a shagath that they get to reroll once to hit. 
So then you're rerolling once to hit, and then if you get the spell off on them, they're now rerolling to wound. Oh, okay, yeah, and they hit on threes with with uh, well, not almost with, all of their attacks. Yeah, not with the not with the four claws, but the other things. So now they you can choose on the dragon ogres what you want to do. You get the paired weapons, six attacks, threes by threes, no rend, um, one damage, or you could take a two inch range, four attacks, threes by threes with with rend one. And damage, or you can take the one that's uh, the crusher. It's only got three attacks, still threes by threes, but that's two damage. Mm-hmm. So I don't know which one of these I kit them with. I don't see. I mean, it just I guess it depends on preference because they're not all that different from each other. It's. A matter of what you think you're going to be fighting, because there are some things that will get bonus saves against things that are uh, no rend. Uh, so, like skeletons or most of the undead will get an additional save if they're fighting against something with no rend. Um, but then, if you're looking at like Skaven, they get an additional bonus if it's not damage two or more. So, huh. it's just a matter of which one you prefer. I personally would do the Warglave. Um, because I like the rend, I like the reach, um, but I could also see taking the paired weapons because then it's six attacks or eight attacks a model at that point. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's pretty good too. But you can take a mix, so you have options with what you want to do. Oh, you can take a mix. That's right. Yeah. Okay. And that's it for Thunderscorn. Like that's literally just dragon ogres. Hmm. So um, now, as we're going through this and still covering stuff, we've got, uh, what, it's uh, nine, uh, no, eight different, uh, basically, monsters to take in your your list here. Yeah, it's a little, it's uh, a combination of monsters and just random critters. Yeah, uh, they kind of go along with the herds. So you can take warhounds, um, and if you decide to run with warhounds, they automatically you they just get a six. Mm-hmm. So they move at ten. They've got a crummy six of save and a four bravery, two attacks, fours by fours. Um, am I missing something here? Or are they just cheap screens and things to throw into stuff? Uh, these are good for screening or for board control because they're packs of 10 for 80 points on long bases. So if you screen the front of your army with these guys, they cover quite a substantial chunk of the board. And then they auto move 16 when you run them. So then you take this long line of dogs that goes four or 16 inches across the table to board control or you can use them to go and get objectives very quickly. And if you lose them, oh, okay. I'm so brokenhearted about 80 points worth of dogs. <laughs> okay. What else we got here? We got Chaos Spawn. They got five wounds. They're Bravery 10. They move 2d6. They have attacks 2d6. Um, when you set these up, you pick a keyword. So, uh, or you can't choose a keyword. Give them corn, Nurgle, Slanesh, or Zinch. But it's basically—I mean, they're they're chaos spawn. Everyone knows what chaos spawn does. 
They move a random amount, and then they have a random number of attacks at fours by fours. Um, if you roll a double when determining the number of attacks, plus one to hit and wound rolls until the Made end of the phase. Made by that model. Yeah. Um, because you can run these in packs of six. Oh, okay. And it, so you do have to roll each one of them separate to see how many attacks you get. And then if you get a double, then you have to roll that pile separately. Oh, boy. Yeah. So it's a little tricky, but again, um, I don't know if I would take them, but it's a lot of wounds that isn't going to run away. Yeah, I've just I've never been a huge fan of this. Like I, I, I had a couple, and I built them, and they were fun to build because you could just basically stick anything anywhere. And it's like, oh, look, Chaos Ball, and it works. Um, but with all the cool options in here, I don't see myself taking one of these. Unless you're playing Gave Spawn. Yeah. Or you'd have, and you'd have some just in case your guys turn into them, but. Mm hmm. Um, we got the Jabber Slythe. It's a Jabber Slythe. You gotta say it right. I refuse. Um, they've got 10 wounds. They've got a five up save. They can fly 12 inches. Um, so nine inch missile weapon, threes by threes, one rend, D3 damage. The claws, six attacks, threes by threes, two rend, one damage. And the tail, one attack, fours by threes, one rend, D3 damage. So this thing can really kind of pump out the hurt, can't it? At least as far as rend goes, like it'll get the, it'll get the wounds through. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just doesn't do a lot of damage, but it's consistent damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the start of the hero phase, roll a dice for each enemy unit within six inches of any friendly jabber slides. On a six, it can't cast or unbind spells, move, or attack until the start of your next hero phase. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Now, when it says move, does that what does that cover? Does that just a move? You can't move. So you can't retreat. You can't run. You can't charge. You can't pile in because yeah, because that's all move. So basically, they, you just freeze. You literally yes. freeze. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter who you are. You just freeze. So if you roll a six at Nagash, you can't do anything. God, I love this thing more and more every time I look at these rules. And the, I just I love this. I love the lore. I love the model. This thing's just ridiculous. It's so much fun. Uh, it may not, like I said, I don't, I don't know how good it is on the table, but I just I love what it can do. You know? Mm-hmm. Also, um, wounds inflicted by melee weapons. Every time you take a wound from a melee weapon, roll a dice, and on a four-up, the attacking unit suffers, takes a mortal wound. Yeah. So hurting it has a potential to hurt you back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he is only 160 points. Um he is a behemoth, so you can only have four in your starting army, but <laughs> they are only eight points for a primordial call. And so now, that stuff, when you're summoning, that doesn't count against your limit, does it? No. Nice. Yeah, so you can pull out a lot of Jabba's if you wanted to. Um, and the other thing is they don't get worse as they take damage. They're the same thing. Yeah. No, I like it. Mm-hmm. So what other monsters do we got here? We've got the Cockatrice. This guy's got only a 6-up save. It's also a 12-inch movement to fly. It's got 8 wounds. Um, now, it's got a 10-inch 
uh, missile attack, the petrifying gaze. Um, so something within 10 inches. Roll a die. On a four-up, target suffers D6 mortal wounds. Yep. Boom. Character? I mean, this is this is literally, I mean, this is what it does. Like, it stares at you and turns you to stone, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what it's doing. Yeah. So this is one of those things that is really nasty um, because it doesn't require a roll to hit. It's just a four up. So you don't get lookouts, sir. Oh. Oh, yeah. Okay. Huh. So it's just, bing, take D6 mortal wounds if I rolled a four. Nice. Um, it's not a beast up close, but why would you even need to bring it up close? Just have it behind your unit and have it just picking stuff off. Um, in melee, it's the uh, beaks got two attacks, fours by threes, one rend, D3 damage. Not bad, but still only two attacks. Um, the talons, four attacks, fours by fours. Now, if it's, uh, charged, it's got eight attacks, fours by fours, but there's no rend on it. It's basic. Um, am I right? Am I keeping this behind a little screen and just... Trying to roll a four up and take take out things. Yeah, um, it also depends what you want to do with it because they're not behemoths; they're just units. Okay, and they're a hundred points each. Yeah, but with a six up save, even the, even with eight wounds on a six up save, these things are going to get taken down pretty quick too. But that means they're not shooting at your other stuff. Well, that's true. The other thing uh, with these guys is on the primordial call, they are only five points. I see. So you set them up in ambush. Essentially, they come off the edge. They have to be nine away, but they have a ten-inch shot with the gaze. And then when they, if and when they charge off the edge, that's eight attacks with the claws. So they have a definite place and they're only a hundred points. If you wanted to take a flock of these things, <laughs> you totally could. Sweet. Cause if you hit, if you take what 10 of these things, cause you can do that. That's what on average you'll hit with five with the screams. If they'll shoot the same thing and what that's five, 18-ish mortal wounds? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the math I'm getting. Yeah, and then if you charge with the flock of seagulls, um, that's a lot of attacks. Yeah, and then you're going to run, def- run so far yeah. away. Yes. Gotcha. But also, they would have to divide their attacks between them all, because they're all separate units. Oh, So yes. chances are you're not going to lose any of them. Right, because you got to pick ahead of time how many attacks you want to put on each thing. Okay, mm-hmm. clever, clever. So they're, I like them. I know that they're not mega, but I think they're cool. Yeah. Then we get the Chimera, which is, I just, I love this thing. Um, mm-hmm. And like I said, I've got that, uh, I've got that great model from uh, Mercia. Their chimera, it's just so gorgeous. Um, this thing's got twelve wounds, a five-up save. It can fly ten inches. Now, uh, it's got a fiery breath. Um, okay, don't use an attack sequence. It's got a fourteen-inch range, one attack. Just the target units take. You don't even roll. 
No. It's just, okay, fiery breath, 14-inch range, boom, D6 mortal wounds on whatever I just picked. What? And it, it can drop down to one mortal wound as it takes damage. Mm-hmm. That's is, am, that's kind of isn't that crazy? Like you don't have to roll or anything. It's just I got close. You're taking you're taking mortal wounds. Yeah, okay. it's good. Um, but again, you're paying a cost um, to take this thing, and it is squishy. Yeah. Um, but the big thing again is you don't have a roll to hit. It's kind of like the snowball off of the thunder tusk. Okay, uh, but it's a much shorter range. And it, you just do it, but it's not like a flat D. It's not like a flat six from the Thunder Tusk is. Um, so it's like as soon as you take the thir- three wounds, it goes from D six to D three. Uh, so that is a big drop, but it's also much better in combat than a lot of the other critters in this book. Yeah, because it's got a ton of attacks. Mm-hmm. Each head's got three attacks, and then it's got six attacks from the claws, and they've all got their little variety. Um, the bird heads, threes by fours. It starts at three rend with D3 damage, and the rend slowly drops. Um, the dragon head, three attacks, fours by fours, one rend damage, two. And the lion head, three attacks, fours by threes, one rend, starting at D6 damage, and then dropping down to D3 and then to one. Mm-hmm. So th- this has a potential for a ton of damage. Yeah. And if you put the spell from the Lore of the Wilds where you get to add Pulse 1 to their attacks profile, that's four attacks from each head. Yeah, so that goes from 18 attacks to 22 attacks. Mm-hmm. All these little beasties are pretty cool, depending on how you want to play it. I mean, and you know, there's, there's, there's a monster for every play style. Yeah, it goes 15 to 19. Um Oh, 15, but, right. No, 15 to 19. What am I saying? Why am I saying 18? 9 plus 6 is not 18. I can It's math. okay. It's all right. Um, and then it's also got a neat little rule that it just gets plus 2 to charge rolls. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's 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 totally okay. Um, especially if you get the primordial call with this, because it's 10 points, but it comes on 9 inches away. It can throw the breath 14, and then it makes a charge on a 7. When it comes off the edge, so it's a little more reliable in that regard. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, especially for free. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, we've got um, the Gargant. I like Gargants. Um, not as much as Joe Flesh likes Gargants, but I like Gargants. Um, mm-hmm. 12 wounds, 5 up save. It starts with an 8 inch move, drops down to 3. Um, he's got a bunch of little rules in here. Um, his okay. First of all, his club starts off at three d six attacks. Uh, drops down to two d six after he's taken damage. Eventually, drops down to d six. That's just a lot of attacks. I mean, it's threes by threes, one rend, one damage, but that's a lot of attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, the Ed Butt starts uh, one attack. It's got a three rend, and it di- starts off at damage six, dropping to d six, dropping to d three, dropping to one. And then he can also kick you, threes by threes, two rend, damage D3. So once again, it's not a lot of attacks. The club's got a lot, but yeah, 
then your little Ed Butts one attack, your kicks one attack, but a lot of potential damage output here. Yeah, and if you do the spell to give uh, plus one attack to the profiles, then the kick and the Ed Butt become all the more deadly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's got a bunch of rules. If you kill him, the players roll off. The player who wins the roll picks a point within three inches of the model. Everyone within two inches of that takes D3 mortal wounds because he falls on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else does he do? After he piles in, pick an enemy model within three inches of him and roll the dice. If it's equal or greater than double the wounds characteristic, it's slain. So it can only do up to a three-wound model. Yeah. But again, this can break coherency. And it's got a three-inch reach on this, so it can reach behind units. Yeah. Um, and potentially grab people out of other units. It just There's a lot of flexibility in that ability. But again, you can only pick up a three-wound model on you, and then it's on a six. So, uh, What else? Oh, if you, if, uh, if you roll a double on the charge... It doesn't charge. It falls over, and um, then it's the same thing as as when it dies. You mm-hmm. roll off and pick a spot and do wounds because he, he you roll a double. He literally trips over his own feet and falls down, and uh, and and lands on people. Uh, and the last special rule he has is at the start of the combat phase, if he's within three inches of any friendly beast of chaos heroes, um. You can whip him into a frenzy. Uh, the Gargant takes a mortal wound, but then it's plus one of the attack characteristics of the melee weapons. So that's where it jumps in right there. Yeah, so you can get the Ed butt and a kick up to three attacks um, each if you do the spell and then you whip it. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, that could, so he can just start divvying out the damage like crazy, too. Yeah, you could easily do a Monster Mash Beast of Chaos with all the different critters you have access to. Yeah. Um, so then what else? The last little beast, uh, last little monster is the Razor Gore. The one of the ugliest and dopiest looking models, I think, in the range. In almost any range. I'm yeah, sorry, no, I just... And I get it. Like, he's so big and muscular that the muscles are ripping through his skin. Now, get out of here with that. This is... I really don't like this model. Like, and no, I, you're you're not the only one. I think there's most people hate this thing. Yeah, no, it's just it's it's. Uh, I I see what they were trying to do. It didn't work. Um, in fact, I the few times I've seen this, it's usually from people who know how to do conversions, and they've done something with it to fix it up and clean it up and change it because they're just they're just ugly. Oh yeah. Um, these things have four wounds apiece with a five-up save. Four attacks, fours by threes, random damage. Not great. You can reroll charge rolls. Uh, if it makes a charge, then unmodified hit rolls of six add an immortal wound. So they're just really big. What? They're big. They're boars, basically. They're big, ugly boars. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I is there any reason to really take these with all the other cool stuff you could take? Um, Is there so, something I'm missing? They're 40 points a pop. You can take up to six of them. Yeah. So there's you can use them just as like cheap things to get in the way. For 40 points, they are really quick. Um, 
to either run and get objectives or get in the way. Um, I personally see them allied with Corn if I was going to take them. Um, because that's 40 points for a Blood Tithe point once they die. Oh. Oh. Because <laughs> you could take 10 of these things um, in a 2,000 point game for Corn if you have enough units to counter because you need one in four. Um, but that's a 40 point depravity point or a 40 point blood tithe point that just runs around. And if they die, you don't know. Are they just allied in? Am I missing something? Yeah, they're allies. Oh, okay. They're allies. I was going to say they're allies because I'm looking at that brass to spoilers and they are not listed here. No. Well, that, that would be crazy though. It would be silly. Um, th- I just genuinely do not see a reason for them except to just get in the way and die horribly. Um, and that's okay. The model deserves it. <laughs> um, okay. So we're down to the last four uh, War Scrolls. It's all the Zangor stuff from the Zinch book. Um, is there anything... I mean, I'll, let you, I'll let you take this because this is where I start to get confused between who's who and what's what and why we want to take this and it's in this book. And I get that they're beast. You know, they're beast looking. They're the, the avian version of beasts. Yeah. Um, so what, what do we the, need to know here? Big thing is all of them had the go- the uh, Bray Herd keyword added to them. So they get the benefit of the Bray Shaman. Uh, so it's the plus three move. They're holy within 12 of him. Um, so that means they move even faster than they already do. Uh, the discs go up to movement 19, uh, which is just silly. Um, but there's a couple of significant changes. Like the Zangor Shaman, his bonuses that he gives to units, they have to be wholly within 12 of him. Um, instead of just like within X many inches, it's wholly within. So if you take these big units of Enlightened or Skyfires, you have to be wholly within range of that shaman. So you're a little dependent in that regard. Okay. Uh, the Skyfires, you it's not a modified roll to hit that does the D3 mortal wounds uh, for the shooting. It's an unmodified roll to hit of a six. So the Zangor shaman doesn't buff them. Damn terrain isn't a thing anymore. Um, it's just unmodified six does the D3 mortal wounds. So they're not as shooty. Um, as they used to be, they're still one of the best combat units in the game because of the rerolls if something didn't fight near them. Um, but that's they really haven't changed. It's just they've gotten less effective in regards to their shooting. Uh, so wait, what's, over, what's that thing you were just saying, though? The, the reroll? The, the Guided by Fate. Or the Guided by the Future. Oh, okay. Um, so they get to reroll, fail to hit, and wound rolls in combat if there are no enemy units in three of them that have already fought. So they charge in. They move 19 uh, if they get the Bray Shaman bonus. They then charge in, and then they get to reroll, fail to hit, and wound rolls with all of their attacks. Okay, that's if, as long as they attack first. Correct. So you got to have them attack, which is good because their attacks are kind of, I mean, mediocre. I mean, yeah, no, they, mostly hitting on fives, some on fours. The big thing is the disc um, because it's D3, Ren 1, D3 damage. 
Oh, okay, right. So the disc gets the bonus too. Oh, okay. Um, so I mean, that's the big thing. But even like garbage profiles, still getting to reroll failed to hit and failed to win makes it much more accurate. So I don't know. They're also they also jumped up in price, so they're not. You're not going to take as many of them as you used to be able to, and I don't think you would. Um, and then we're looking at uh, Zangor and Lightning. There's two versions, one on foot and one on disc. Uh, there's two different points costs now. Uh, before, it was just one points cost. Uh, these guys, they get to reroll fail to hit and wound rolls. If there is a unit that... An enemy that has already fought, if they're within three inches of them... Um, and then they get bonus attacks if they're holier than 12 of a, uh, what do you call it? A Zangor Shaman. So they can put out a world of hurt because they're three attacks apiece uh, with their spears, fours by threes, run one damage, two, plus the disc. The only thing is they have to get hit first, essentially. Um, right. To make them really good. But again, it's movement 19 going in. Uh, so they get a lot of good stuff going. And if somebody fails a battle shock test with a nine, um, add one to the models or to the number of models that flee from them. So they can really put out a world of hurt, but the big catch them is that to be holier than 12 of that Zangor shaman to get the most bonus. Okay. Um, and then Zangors, they, They got interesting. Um, you can take a ton of different weapons with these guys, um, but again, it's the Brayherd keyword, so it makes a movement nine. Uh, if they're holier than 12 of him, they're two wounds apiece, so a full unit of 30 is 60 wounds. Um, so it's just, it's a lot of bird goat coming at you. Um, and they've got. Like, the Savagery Unleashed used to be you get to add plus one attack characteristic to their me- melee weapons. Okay. If they, for every multiple of a nine. But now it's just a flat plus one if they have nine or more models. And that's applying to their weapons. It applies to their beaks. Um, it's just flat plus one all the time as long as they have nine or more. Well, that's good. Yeah, especially with, like, the Vicious Great Blade which is run one damage too, or the mutants getting a bucket of attacks with rerolls. So hmm. there's a lot that these guys do and they're really good. So. Cool. Um, you know what we're going to do? I think we should take one last break and then talk about the really cool ones. Yeah. The, uh, all the, uh, endless spells, endless spells. Which are cool, and then, and then we can wrap that wrap this up. So we'll take a break, and we'll be back in a moment. Lindsay's Gamer Garrison in Wakanda, Illinois. Wow, that's terrible. But they're not. They carry the full GW range for all your hobby cravings, and customers get 10% off their purchases every single day at Lindsay's Gamer Garrison. What makes Lindsay so special? Well, there's weekend events for AOS, 40K, Underworlds, Song of Ice and Fire, Star Wars Legions, pretty much every other tabletop game going on, and they've got something there going on almost every weekend. 
If tabletop gaming is your thing, there's always something happening at Lindsay's. But David, you say, what if I want to support Lindsay's but can't always make it out there? Well, I'm glad you asked. Lindsay's online store makes shopping easy. Just go to lindsaysgarrison.com. That's L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-S garrison.com and fill your cart with hobby goodness. Show listeners. You can enter GH Savings at checkout for extra specials and discounts. And did I mention free shipping for orders over 50 bucks? Because, yeah, there's free shipping for orders over 50 bucks. That's like a book in a box or two boxes. It's so easy. That's Lindsay's. And don't forget, enter GH Savings at checkout at lindsaysgarrison.com. That's Lindsay's Game of Garrison in Wakanda, Illinois. That's horrible. I'm leaving it in. And we are back. We're talking about endless spells and stuff like that. On, on, you know, on the break, I was even mentioning to Alex, I said, you know, I don't want to give short shrift to the Zangor stuff, but um, everybody knows that they're good. You know, you were saying that they're they're pretty darn good. Um, yeah, they're probably the best part, the best units in the book. Right. Um, which, and you mentioned this, it doesn't jive. Yeah, it just doesn't feel like the rest of the book to me. Like, I mean, I get that we have them, and I I, I, I understand why they should be in the book because they are beasts, you know. At that point, um, I just something about it doesn't seem to fit with the rest of the book for me, and so I was just like, okay, Alex, take it, because you know, I don't I don't want to go through that whole. They got a lot of rules too. <laughs> They got a lot of rules, and a lot of them are the same from the Zinch review. Yeah. Um, but we wanted to make sure to point out the differences. And then, like, you had mentioned, they're probably the nastiest thing in this book is all the Zinch stuff. Um, but, again, that feels so weird with the background where they should be the weakest um, because they have to call upon a god for help. Right. or so, I mean, I, I guess you get those bonuses, but it just seems, I don't know. Something about it just doesn't work for me yeah no i i would totally i totally agree with that but all right so let's look at these endless spells we got three endless spells um let's jump into them i guess Mm -hmm. uh now the dire flock has three models it's got the three little birdies um now you summon these on a five Mm -hmm. and you set up one of them wholly within 12 inches of the cat, more than three inches from uh, any units. And the second or third have to be wholly within six inches of that one. And they can't, they all has to stay. It cannot get within three inches of any units. Mm-hmm. But it drops down. One is within 12 and the other two have to be within six of that one. So that's like your center point. Yep. Um, minus two from bravery of units that are within six inches of any of the models, uh, not including Beasts of Chaos. They are unaffected. And if a unit finishes a move within an inch of this mo- one of the models, remove the model. The player whose turn is taking place must set it up again exactly 3d6 inches from its previous location, more than three inches from any units, and then set up the two remaining models wholly within six inches 
of the first model. So it's minus two bravery. But if it's any any units from either side, stop within an inch of it, then it moves then it, it away. Moves. Yep. That's kind of interesting. It's a weird mechanic because um, when we were doing testing on this, I would move a unit into range to trigger it to move and then just chain move it around as I move my units around. So, so like they start fairly close, but then they end up moving all over the board. Well, and I suppose if you don't want to have the minus two bravery, mm-hmm. as soon as you finish your move, like it, within six inches, it'll get you. But if, okay, well, you know what? I'm just going to move within an inch of the thing and make it run away. Because that's basically yeah. what it's doing, right? I mean, it's birds. Mm-hmm. So as soon as you get yeah. up close, they're just, they scatter. Yeah. Uh, but the big thing is it's you finish a move and they do take up a lot of rain, like a lot of board space. To then get moved around. Okay. Because you can't end on top of these things because they're still models. So oh. they take up a lot of board space. You finish your move. You're now further away from me. And the birds move back. Oh, okay. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, bless you. Yeah, but it's one of those things. You can slingshot these things around um, just all over the board. But they're not a predatory spell. And... So, so they, that's the weird mechanic with the move. Um, so the other thing... Oh, they don't move because they're not predatory, but they do move when you get close to them. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And then when you set them back up, if you cannot place the two dire flock, the other two dire flocks within restrictions, then the unit is... Un- or then the spell is unbound. Uh, that is also in the FAQ. <laughs> So can I can I purposely put it in a place where it won't be able to place the other two? Like, yeah. So I, I yeah I so I can okay I can scatter the flock without having to try to dispel it by putting it into an impossible position. But that is also taking a unit out of sequence to blow this thing up, and it comes out on a five again the next time the beast player gets to do it. Oh, okay, that's true. I guess some, but that's also wasting a spell to pull this thing back out. So. Right. So it's, again, it's a trade. It just depends on the point in the battle where you're at on what's worth it. Hmm. All right. Now we got the Dirge Horn, which is one of those big, uh, the big, those, those gray horns. This comes out on a six. Uh, you got to put it wholly within 12 inches of the caster. Minus one to hit. For attacks made by units within three inches of this, not including beasts. And at the start of each battle round after it's set up, plus three to the range of the booming... Okay. Oh, so minus one to hit for units within three inches. And then every battle phase, that increases another three inches. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, if you dispel it when it comes back, if you cast it again, it's back. it, It resets to three inches. Yep. This is this good? Is this as good? Oh yeah, it's one of those things that you want to get this on the table turn one, um, and let it grow, and let it grow. Hmm. And you generally want it to be close to your uh, herdstone, so so the bubbles can overlap for the minus one to hit and minus one to save. Oh, okay. 
cool. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is the cool, probably the coolest, one of the coolest models, uh, the yeah. Wildfire Taurus, the Taurus that is literally running out of only the front half of it coming through the flames. This is on a six, set it up within twelve inches. This is predatory; it can move twelve inches and it can fly. You can immediately move it. After it's moved, each unit is moved over, and each unit within an inch of it at the end of its move takes D3 mortal wounds. If the unit has 10 or more models, it takes D6 mortal wounds instead. If the spell inflicts any wounds on a unit, that unit fights at the end of the combat phase after players have picked any other units to fight in that phase. (laughs) So it gives you always strikes last. Now, how does this work for things that get to automatically strike first? It depends on whose turn it is? Yes. Aha. Okay. So if I'm fighting your silly uh, Deepkin and it's that turn three and they're going to get to fight first, but um, on my on my half of the turn, if this thing's near them, then they're going to fight last. Yeah, it also depends on any additional erratas that may come out as a result of the Slanesh book um, because their ability for the Locust Diversion... Um, just says that it cancels out. Which I like that. I know we haven't talked about, I mean, the Slanesh book came out, and we haven't been talking about it, obviously, yet. But basically, the it's it's like the old ASL and ASF. If you can strike mm-hmm. first, but I say, no, now you strike last, then you just it, you become normal. They, they negate each other. I do like that. You know, it makes it simple. Plus yeah. It gives you... Plus, then it gives you some sort of defense against, oh, my whole army is striking first on this turn and wiping you out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, those are the spells. That that Taurus is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, he's expensive. He's 100 points. Oh, is he? But, yeah. But that's a lot of mortal wounds. Oh, yeah. No, there is a lot of damage potential with him. Um, it's just, if it runs over you... It's going to hurt. Big charging bull. Of course it's going to hurt. Well, yeah, because if it, if your opponent gets to move it and throws it back into your lines, like that's potentially crippling. Oh, yeah. Oh, because it's, yeah, because whoever moves, it's whoever goes second gets to pick. Yep. The, okay, right, right, right. Huh. Yeah, it's... It's expensive. It does a lot of damage. If you can control it, it's great. If you can't, you're you're hurt. Yeah. So. So that's the book. Yeah, yeah. The uh, only allies these guys can take are slaves to darkness. Um, the only thing in my mind that sticks out of that is the sorcerer lord because um, of his spell which is a Mystic Shield plus plus. So essentially you pick a unit, you get to reroll ones to hit, wound, and save. Um, And it's any Chaos unit. Okay. Hmm. And then he's got a built-in Mystic Shield on him for free. Oh, okay. Because of the oracular visions so he's the only one that really sticks out in my mind as something i would want to ally in um but no the rest of it it's a good book it's like i personally think this is one of the most balanced books period um you have a ton of options there's not a lot of like 
quote unquote bad choices. Um, it seems like a fun army to play. Yes, it is. A and lot I find more myself fun. saying that a lot. Um, I, a lot of, a lot of. I mean, I, when it first came out. People seem to be underwhelmed. I hear a lot of complaining. I still hear a lot of complaining. I don't see a ton of people playing Beasts um, because it doesn't seem to necessarily be a powerhouse unless you really know how to play it and really hone and, and, and work your list and work your army. Till you or know you exactly. take the Zinch spam. Or you take Zinch spam. Let's forget about Zinch spam for a moment, though. Um, like I said, this... I don't know. I, I this I I enjoyed the lore. I enjoyed the war. Um, I, this one's an all around pretty cool book. I'm really pleased with it. Yeah. So this is it's one of the better books uh, that has come out um, because it is so well balanced. And it's like um, it has a ton of variety and a lot of replayability. So. I don't know. This is one of those that if you get into it, you can really enjoy it for a long time. Yeah. So I think we're done. Yeah. All right. Finally. And yeah, well, the second time recording it and all the mess ups, and I apologize for. Um, I hope you guys, I hope listeners like the the split here, the lore and the war, and um, we've gotten some decent feedback on it so far. Of course, when it actually happens the right way and we just release them a couple days apart as opposed to two full ep- separate episodes, um, that'll, you know, things will be running the right way. But I kind of like how we did this. Mm-hmm. All right. Um so before we leave, uh, definitely want to uh, remind everyone uh, about the Patreon page, uh, patreon.com slash garagehammer. Once again, thanking our associate producers, Phil Elliott, Dwight Sims, Christopher Sanders, and AJC. AJC. The executive producer, Big Jake. And our newest patron, Robert Maida. So uh, thank all you guys for that stuff. Um Okay, I know this was a weird episode, folks. We don't have a normal opening. This, you, it, okay, if you if if unless this is the first episode you've ever listened to, you already know what's going on. It got messed up. We're gonna fix it up for the next episode. My fault. Um, but I just want to thank you all for listening, and uh, thank everyone um, who's been giving feedback on the way we're going to be working the the battle tomes from now on. Um, if you like what you're hearing, you could uh, drop us a voicemail, drop us an email. Or uh, just get some friends to listen so we get some more uh, downloads because I always like to see those numbers going up, right? Right. Mm -hmm. All right, Alex, um, back in a couple weeks with I don't know what. We haven't even really talked about it. Oh, did you get your uh, copy of Black Talon? I did. Excellent. Are you reading it? No. Oh, you're breaking my heart. All right, well, back to some other stuff. Probably one of these 800 army books we haven't finished, like the Heathen Knights or the, or the. well, I don't even know. We, you, 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 you know what we still have to cover, and you'll keep me on, in line here. So we'll, get well it's going. Skaven, New Flesh Eaters, Stormcast, Corn, Head of Knights, Fire Slayers. Ugh, wow, okay. <laughs> we haven't done Skaven, um, and then Head of Knights would be a good one, um, because it's all new. Yeah, um, I, I really the rest like... Whereas the repeats. Yeah, I kind of 
and I'm kind of excited about the Heat Nights book because then it's just really cool. I'm really excited about that. Yeah, it's one of those that falls into this bracket. But I think they've heard enough about or from us, Dave. Yes. So, folks, until next time, only the faithful will be triumphant. Only the faithful will stand when all others fall. And only the faithful know no despair except in failure. You've been listening to Garage Hammer. If you've enjoyed the show, maybe consider leaving us a positive review on iTunes or check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash garagehammer. If you'd like to reach us, you can contact us via our email address, garagehammer at live.com. You can also find us on Twitter. David is at garagehammer. And Alex, that's me, is at somekindageek30. Original music by Claire Seabrook. You can find more of her work at soundcloud.com slash Claire Seabrook Music. Finally, if you want to join the Garage Hammer community, as well as the AOS community worldwide, you can comment on our episodes in the show thread at the Grand Alliance Forums. That's tga.community. Or check out the Garage Hammer Facebook page. And as always, thanks for listening.